0: Was not hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to (laughs) the Sea Report coming to you live on this um, Wednesday, September 22nd, 2021. And uh, glad to have you with us today. My apologies, ladies and gentlemen, I had uh, silenced myself without even realizing it, Uh, but fortunately, uh, there are people out there who are quick to the uh trick and they let me know i don't know uh my uh my sensors said that i did not have anyone in the audience at that time but uh, could that be true i could not tell you ladies and gentlemen because sometimes the sensors are as slow as i am i hope you guys are doing well out there boy oh boy we always do know how to start the uh show off right and get it going uh, but uh, nevertheless, uh, welcome again to the Sea Report for uh, to, uh, th- Wednesday. Wednesday, September 22nd, 2001. Now, in that silent rant that I was going on, I was simply lamenting the speed of the year and how quickly it goes by. Because uh, we're already at the end of September and we are heading into October. Time, it seems, has been moving mighty fast nowadays. And I don't know if that's just because there's always something new coming up. And uh, there's always something fresh on the plate, or, uh, you know, if, if things will slow down at some point. I could only hope that they slow down at some point. Good evening, Zena. I hope you can hear, because I was talking for about 30 seconds without sound. Better than 10 minutes, better than an hour, I guess. But uh, I hope you're well, as well as I do uh, hope everyone is over at the foxhole.app, as well as Twitch and CloudHub. Uh merry Wednesday happy equinox ladies and gentlemen if you're into that kind of thing tonight should be the is it oh no the solstice is the longest night of the year isn't it it's not in, it's not in the fall this is just the first day of the fall but anyways a beautiful day here in my neck of the woods down in uh, south central texas gorgeous day it was a beautiful day for a walk it was a beautiful day to absorb some of that uh, vitamin D that is provided for us. So, you know, I don't drink milk, so I get as much sun as I can, <laughs> so to speak, anyways. But uh, yes, indeed. Beautiful, beautiful day. And uh, we have a beautiful day of international news coming for you guys today on the international news edition of the Sea Report. So uh, I hope you guys are ready for this. Uh, we, don't have a, we don't have so many scatter topics today, as we do perhaps some focused topics for this evening. Uh, we indeed will be uh, talking about Canada and the elections they just had this past Monday. It seems that a lot of things got kicked off this past Monday, um, as uh, we'll see about when we get to Australia. Um, and, uh, yeah, well, we'll talk a little bit about Trudeau and his future and, and uh, the crackles back. Lordy, lordy. And I thought I had everything adjusted. Um, I will work on that once again. Ah, hey, Just V and two in the pink. How are y'all doing? Disco Ball Chaser. Thank you much. Connie, ketchup up. Mr. C, you know, they have job listings for strike teams and quarantine camp coordinators for COVID. Um, Are we talking about the same job listings that came from the, um, from the, um, um, boy, now it escapes my mind. We're talking about the same strike teams that are coming from the National Guard. Is that who we're talking about, Miss Connie Ketchup? Thank you for the hot tip. Uh, Yes, we've covered that, and then they took it down, and then they put it back up, and I guess maybe now it's making everyone else's news rounds. Um, but it is a different one. Like, where do you find these job listings on uh, Craigslist? Uh, just kidding. Uh, because uh, we reported about a month ago <laughs> that the United States National Guard is uh, having uh, job postings. Uh, well, they didn't exactly call it a quarantine camp coordinator, uh, but they did most definitely uh, uh, refer to it as a, um, a, an internment camp. Where you would learn internment responsibilities along with uh, internment prisoners and re-education facilities. That was from the uh, United States National Guard. So let me know, can you catch up? Uh, because uh, yeah, we've talked about that here at the Sea Report. I, I guess I, I don't know. Maybe it's not the same thing. Maybe they have put their uh, job listings over at uh, I don't know uh, um, what what a glass glass uh, glass um, paper paper holder or something. I don't know. Whatever the names of the <laughs> Whatever the names of those are. Um, but yes, most indeed, ladies and gentlemen. So yes, we'll talk about Canada and Trudeau. We will talk about President Bolsonaro going over to, you guessed it, the United Nations. Now, yes, ladies and gentlemen, this would be the same United Nations that our, uh, our illegitimate president uh, at the moment attended and, uh, and, and where he uh, went on to uh, further embarrass the country um, but, uh, yeah, uh, the, we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk a little bit about what was going on with President Bolsonaro and his trip to New York City proper, because that is where the uh, one of the uh, devil's dens uh, resides, uh, that being the United Nations, of course. Uh, I am no fan of the United Nations, that is for damn sure. Uh, but yes, uh, they had their, uh, they had a meeting there this I think it was about, uh, was it about a week ago or so? I guess it was about, uh, no, no, this was, this was in the last few days. The 27th, I think is when that, no, that's, that's coming up. The 20th. Jeez Louise, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of things were kicking off on the 20th of this month. Um, you know, from the Canadian elections to the United Nations uh, General Meeting, General Assembly, to uh, to uh, the new wave of um, protests for the COVID lockdowns over there in Australia. And man, we have seen so much coming from Australia that uh, uh, I, I know we've all seen footage a lot of things. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we've got some stuff for you guys tonight. Um, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about its origins, uh, specifically speaking, I mean. And uh, we will also uh, be taking a look at some of the spin that the media in Australia is giving to this, uh, to this uh, new wave of protests for people who are just fed up with the quarantine. And uh, I'll probably say it again tonight, but most definitely, ladies and gentlemen... Uh, This is what happens when you lock people down for what, I think it's been like 200-something days, and you also put restrictions on their spirits. Now, we should have known this was going to happen when they took their beer away, but we'll see, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see as we get into that story today. Uh, But first, ladies and gentlemen, before we get into uh, the meat of international news today, and those will be the stories that we will be focusing on for tonight... Uh, we will be airing part two of the COVID vaccine expose, COVID Vax Exposed, from um, Project Veritas, as uh, the second part to this series was just dropped about 43 minutes ago, Texas time, and uh, we are definitely going to take a gander. Um, now where in the world does this have to do with international news? Well, it's a pandemic. So I think it's pretty fair to say, and we will definitely have that rolling here in just a sec in case any of you all have not had the opportunity to see it. Um, we will, I have not seen it yet myself. I was still, uh, finishing dinner and getting prepped for the show, uh, as it dropped live Um, again, like I said, uh, just about under an hour ago. So most definitely we'll be checking that out. I can't wait to see what's going to come out of this one. Uh, Man, the heads that have turned, the heads that have turned from part one alone. uh, It's quite, quite uh, interesting and crazy. And you got to wonder where this fallout is going to take it. What will the fallout be indeed? You know. Don't you guys feel like this is kind of like a perfect storm? Don't you guys kind of feel like the enemy is being flanked on all sides right now? I mean, they are getting thrown out with COVID truth. They are getting thrown out with election integrity truth. They are getting thrown out with a failed, illegitimate president truth. What else are they getting thrown out on? I think there's at least one more thing that they're getting thrown out on. I mean, it's pretty horrendous, you know. Now, if only we could get—I don't know—if only we could get some really die-hard truths to come out of this uh, entire abortion issue. Maybe that's asking for too much. You know, maybe, maybe we should get our country back and secure, um, you know, our constitutional rights as led by a constitutional president who will arrest all of these treasonous Americans. I the only reason why I say Americans is to qualify the treason. OK, <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, it's still important. It is still very important, but still. Uh, uh, maybe we should, maybe we should, maybe we should hope for that. I don't know. You know, I mean, to me, abortion is not a side issue, but I always used to tell people who were complaining about, uh, you know, uh, uh marriage rights and gay rights. And I don't know, um, what flavor the pe- peanut butter and jelly is going to be today. I was like, can we at least get our country back before you start whining and complaining about, you know, uh, gender equality or whatever, you know, and that's not even a thing. I mean, I mean, I'm sure there are a few chauvinist, chauvinist males out there in the bunch, but are there not a few of every kind of sour apple out there? I mean, you know, it's, it's like racism. I always said racism is not uh, systematic, uh, it's not, uh, it's not, um, a, a, um, a, it's not a, a plague that, uh, inhabits you know, um, every piece of America and every corner of its history, and it's uh, it's definitely most not uh, the root of all things American. There's always going to be someone with a little bit of racism, and I'm not condoning it by any means, ladies and gentlemen. Some people can't help themselves, and that's the way they were raised, and I can say that because some of those people are still alive. But I always said, well, why don't you just let them all move to a state and let that state become do whatever it wants and then just see how badly their economy and everything else fails. And, uh, you know, that should be uh, the long and short of it. But uh, I mean, that, that again, uh, I say because of the protections of our First Amendments, R- Amendment rights, whether it's pretty or re- whether it's ugly, we always have to ensure that our First Amendment all across the board is absolutely protected even when what is said is not agreeable or is downright wrong. But then again, who am I to judge what is wrong here at the Sea Report? Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I think that's enough of a little bit of a, an open there for you guys today. We do have quite the show to be going through with us. We have quite a few stories and a lot of clips for you guys tonight. Now. At the onset of tonight's uh, episode, since it is international news, um, I do want to share with you all, guys. Um, from what I have heard, the interview with President Trump and Sherry Markson of Sky News was smashing. Uh, if you have, if you guys haven't heard about it, I mean, we talked about it a little bit last night when it was revealed that the uh, the interview with uh, President Trump and Sky News reporter. Sherry Markson would be premiering. And uh, the headlines out there, guys, I'm hearing from what President Trump said and uh, what was discussed. It's like this entire interview is uh, uh, in itself an expose into the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, planned pandemic, as well as the vaccinations uh, going into the origins of COVID-19. It would have paired well with tonight's uh, part two of the COVID Vax Exposed by Project Veritas. Unfortunately, um, at the time of this episode, I was not able to find a complete version of the interview. It's an hour-long interview, guys, with President Trump and uh, Sherry Markson, and, uh, the topic du jour is COVID 19, the coronavirus, the, uh, Chinese Communist Party virus, the, uh, fake fraudulent pandemic virus. That one. Now I said pandemic was fake and fraud. I did not say that the virus is fake and fraud. For any of you guys out there who are going to try and, uh, take my meaning out of context, but indeed, ladies and gentlemen, indeed, 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 uh, I will uh, continue to hunt for that uh, interview. I could find two-minute clips, three-minute clips, one-minute clips, um, summaries, and uh, and a preview of it. But uh, no, 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 ladies and gentlemen, um, I think that this is probably one of those uh, one of those um, interviews that uh, they definitely do not want to get out. Uh, just as much as they probably do not want the uh, COVID-vax-exposed series for Project Veritas to get out. However, uh, we are fortunate that the, um, we are fortunate that it remains on some platforms and still available, and so we will be watching that at the head of our show tonight. But first, ladies and gentlemen... Uh, why don't we, uh, hop into the chat and say hello real quick, uh, Zena, the pink, just be disco ball chaser again. Welcome to the show uh, as well as you, Connie Ketchup. And thank you again for dropping that link. I have pulled it up on my computer and I will scan through it feverishly at the, uh, at the close of the show and, uh, probably get it ready for manana for tomorrow's show. Uh, Because there's already a lot of stories lining up for tomorrow, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, like I know, I mean, you guys, I mean, some of you guys are ahead of me on the news, but for the integrity of the C Report and ensuring that we get all the stories out there. We're still going to bring some, uh, well, you know, we, we always do it a little bit different here at the Sea Report. You know, we, we flavor it just a little bit differently. But, uh, man, am I excited about some of the stories for tomorrow. Very excited indeed. I almost considered moving the international episode until tomorrow. But you know what, ladies and gentlemen, Wednesday is International Day at Sea Report. And so that's the way we're going to do it. And I thank you guys for joining us on this excursion that we're about to take. D Patriot 1776. How are you doing, ma'am? It is good to see you in the chat again. I hope you've been well. We've missed you. And uh, thank you for gifting the cookie. Much appreciated. Uh, Just V says they are also paying farmers to destroy their crops. Contrived famine on the way. Absolutely. I have heard this story. I've heard farmers um, sharing these stories. Um, um, But this was some time ago. I mean, within the year for sure. But uh, but you know that way there was not uh, there was not a whole lot of uh, juice to the story. So um, I will have to look that up as well. Uh, speaking of contrived famines, uh, Just V and crew. Um, I've always said that uh, there is no such thing as famine and food shortages, and I'm sure you guys will agree with me on this point. There's no such thing as a genuine food shortage. There is enough food on this planet as there is enough. Landmass on this planet for all of us to live quite comfortably in, in at least an acre, probably a whole lot more than that, Mr. C, but at least, right? Well, uh, in my opinion, um, all food shortages, ladies and gentlemen, happen because uh, businesses, corporations, and banks that uh, stall the food line with their own red tape special and, uh, it's because of money and business corporations and I'm not going, uh, I'm not going, uh, what do you call it? I'm not going socialist on you guys. And I'm definitely not going, uh, you know, Antifa, you know, uh, um, anarchist on you guys. But, uh, as we do know, it is the case. Um, though that red tape will keep that food truck from crossing the state line, crossing the border. Um, and it's just ridiculous that we have to see this. And then don't forget along with that, ladies and gentlemen, not only with this story that just be shared about, uh, you know, um, farmers being forced to destroy their crops. Let's not forget about the, uh, about the, uh, biosafety level hazard, biosafety hazard level four laboratory that they are currently, uh, I mean, the thing is built ladies and gentlemen, it is in Manhattan, Kansas. Uh, we did an entire episode on this uh, topic, uh, few months ago again. And, um, um, it's, it's due to open for business, fully staffed, you know, creating viruses and, uh, and gain a function on, on, uh, viruses that have no antidote, no cure, no vaccine. And, uh, most usually are, uh, derived from animals and involve, uh, you know, um, involve study into how that can affect humans. So, yeah, and that's going up in Manhattan, Kansas, right in Dorothy country. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure tornadoes are still pretty prevalent over there in Kansas, even though uh, I'm not a storm chaser. So can you imagine that? Forced destruction of crops, uh, or I should say forced, they're paying off the farmers to do it. Uh, you know, a uh, a biosafety level four lab that's set to go up like uh, like dust in a tornado, right in the middle of our beef belt, nonetheless. Uh, water shortages because uh, somehow we still can't figure out how to make proper desal- desalination plants or something. You know, and uh, it seems like it seems like that could be the perfect storm, along with a planned pandemic. For uh, the globalists and the uh, the deep state henchmen that work underneath them, well, we patriots have our own perfect storm partner. <laughs> so, anyways, we'll uh, will uh, we'll try and stay abreast on all of that information. Um, let's see here, um, what else do we got in the chat before we get underway today? Uh, oh, do we have a? Uh, do we have a death blossom in the house? I don't see death blossom. Who are you talking to? Death blossom. Wasn't that a Q term? Xena. <laughs> uh, let's see here. What's a Q term? Oh, death blossom. I don't know. Is that a Q term? I've never read the book of Q, so I couldn't tell you. I have read a few scriptures, though. Empress Beach to you. Good evening. How are you doing tonight? Good to see you. Mitradate returns into the household. Good evening, Sir Mitradate. Mitradate says this. I am going to New York in November. Maybe I can have pizza with Bolsonaro on the sidewalk. Well, Mitradate, if you are not vaccinated, uh, you will probably receive the same warm New York welcome that Bolsonaro received. Now, if you ask me, guys, that's a president. But uh we know that because we had a president like him. Um, What do you think Trump would have done? Do you think Trump would have forced his way into that pizza establishment? Or do you think that uh, those uh, pizza establishment owners would have allowed a president of the United States into their uh, dining area to enjoy a fine slice of New York pizza? Well, I would say chances are, ladies and gentlemen, that they would have let President Trump in, even at the expense of a fine. And, um, you know, uh, it's probably because they did not know who the hell President Bolsonaro was. They probably had absolutely no idea that that was the uh, that was the current leader of the fourth largest democracy. I like to say that just to rub it in their faces in the world, um, who is a conservative leader. Right. Uh, So they had no idea who Bolsonaro was. Um, I don't blame them. I didn't even know who he was before I started reporting on them. But I am so happy that I did, uh, because at least now we know we have a strong ally in this world. And we know that there are other people who are fighting for the same causes that we Americans are with a leader in office to, uh, to, um, um, uh, take charge for them. I mean, it is a great thing. We need to see more of that happening. Uh, we need to see more of that happening, but not under the auspices of a military, uh, <laughs> coup d'etat. Uh, I mean, because, uh, it, but, but the thing is that that's the way that it has to be. And I know a lot of you all would agree that the military is the only way. Um, And I would say the military is most definitely part of that way, at least until until the tide of public uh, perspective shifts just a little bit more. I think if the tide of public perspective can shift just a little bit more, okay, We can most definitely have the military drop down from the sky and arrest all of these bastards. But let me tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, because I keep, you know, I keep saying what I know I keep, I'm I keep on going. Let me tell you what, but let me tell you what, when we're talking about, when we are talking about um, something needing to happen, right? And, And in my opinion, it's something that needs to happen in the media, Something needs to happen in the media because they are the gatekeepers. They are the ones who are keeping all of this actual real and true information away from the American people and the world and allowing them to continue living in their paralyzed, propagandized um, um, uh, zombie um, um, brainwash mode. You know, because as long as they are pumping out those stories, people will believe that that is just the way it is and uh you know and, and it, it for the people who are the enemies of uh the republic and they don't even realize it for those people who are anti-establishment um constitutionally speaking um that they will just use that to their own benefit to uh you know support their ego-driven um um ego-driven arguments against the truth of the matter because they will never see but if something happens in the media, ladies and gentlemen, they may see, okay? They may see. But, uh, you know, what is it that could possibly happen in the media, right? What could possibly drag the media down further than any other thing has ever dragged them down before? Like, drag them, drag them, media bastards. Drag those lying propagandist communist sympathizers Take them down and, you know, put them under foot. You know, with this um, COVID vaxxed expose fiasco, I think we're getting close to it, ladies and gentlemen. I think we're getting close to it because Lord knows even if the truth came out about the election fraud on the big screen, mainstream, fake news, lamestream, legacy media outlets... You will still have those non-believers that will never, ever acknowledge the truth because their heroes are there with them still every day and every night spinning the lie and spinning the propaganda. Not to mention that the entire concept of election integrity and 2020 election fraud is so polarized. People would not believe it and it would not make it onto the uh, big screens. They wouldn't let it. They wouldn't let it get there because uh, public opinion has not shifted that far enough for those individuals to either stomach it or admit defeat or concede, I should say. But this COVID vaccine, ladies and gentlemen, oh my goodness. James O'Keefe is an angel reincarnated. And uh, we will see where that goes. Um, we will see where that goes, most definitely. All right, let me get off my soapbox before we get into an hour. Okay. <laughs> all right, uh, all right. Well, you have, sat, you have safe trails over in New York in November, Metrodote. We will uh, wish you well and pray for you to return home safely. Uh, Empress you says, sorry, I am late. Um, and she also says, uh, been talking to the neighbor over the fence. Ooh, hey, that's always a good time, right? Rapture Ready is in the house. Good evening. How are you do tonight? Uh, doing tonight? Uh, Pilled by the rabbit. Good evening to you as well, my friend. Happy to have you along with us. Continue your work and lurk there, my friend. Ooh, let's see here. Um, what else we got? What else we got? It is sandwich day. Thank you for reminding me, Pill by the rabbit. It is now International Sandwich Day, pilled. Uh Patriot 1776 says they are trying to kill us in so many ways. It is pathetic. It, uh, you know, they just could not find one specific good way to bring us down. So they're just throwing the gauntlet down at us, aren't they, Depatriot? It's kind of the way it feels like sometimes. Kind of the way. Uh, Connie Ketchup says I just watched a guy uh, being refused into work in Long Island, New York, animal place without a vaccination card. Ah, so they can't work there either. Uh, We're probably going to end up seeing Australia in New York City. (laughs) I mean, it's not funny, but uh, I mean, you know, I I mean, I've I've always had a certain opinion of New York people and that was that they are uh, smart, fast and rude. Uh, But I can I can I'm I'm sure they can become quite angry and irate and uh, take things into their own hands once they're pushed far enough and uh, you know, and that's not a knock at New York people. If I were them, I would take that as a compliment. Uh, But you know, I I mean, I've been to New York and I found that to be quite true. Um, So anyhow, I don't think that was projection either. (laughs) I think that was a genuine experience. Uh, But yeah, you know, um, uh, it it could very well happen. What we're seeing in Australia could uh, be an isolated occurrence in New York City. And then the rest of the country is going to get fired up. But I mean, we don't have reason to as of yet. But uh, perhaps it'll be a lesson to the, uh, um, the, um, uh, to the elected officials that have failed us and uh, turned coat on us. Deborah Erdman's in the house tonight. Good evening. And thank you for gifting the cookie, Deborah Erdman. Much appreciated. Uh, looks like we had a moment of some death spins over at the Foxhole.app. It's okay. We will be steady and steadfast tonight. I, uh, I shall, uh, I shall put all of my, uh, energies into ensuring the stream does not get broken, but <laughs> oh, we'll see how that goes, uh, oh, there it goes, it starts to spin the minute I say that, jeez, Louise, okay, anyways, all right, so, uh, let's see here, um, Patriot, 1776 says, I bet you can eat in Trump Tower without one, ah, that would be something, uh, fun and worth exploring, I think, DePatri- uh, Patriot. um, Um, uh, Kansas, okay, I'll look for it Pilled by the Rabbits, thank you so much And uh, two in the pink Gifting the can With the military, Q is the only Way it's, uh, that's the only Way after us awake have to go through This, with the military Q is the only Way, is that Only after us awake have To go through this, I mean, I'm not Saying we have to be uh, totally awake I'm not saying we have to be uh, half awake, but we should at least be more than one-third awake, or at least have some of us, because picture it like this too in the pink. They could have used the military at any point. During Trump's administration, and especially as we were approaching, uh, you know, the fraud election that took place, you know, on January 6th, uh, November 3rd, all the way through January 20th, inauguration day. We could have used that military because the military is the only way to ensure that justice is served. Okay. But if we had used that military, even up to this point, we would be in an all out bloody civil war. And even people who are innocent by apathy, if you, if you want to qualify that, would be wrapped up in it. Now, would you rather see half the country go mad and kill each other, or would you rather wait and see why it is that uh, President Trump, his administration, and whomever it was, the storm working behind him, chose this path? They could have taken that path. They had every document ready. They have military and generals ready. They have people standing by ready. And aside from any of the other Inside Baseball that we and I am not privy to uh, in regards to what could have been going on behind the scenes and other reasons why they made that decision, I, in my heart, feel that... um, they didn't pull the trigger because if you guys think about, you know, corporations and, 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 uh, media, but what, what is their number one drive? Polls, right? What is their number one drive? They need polls and statistics. They need demographics and it could be the best idea in the world. You know, they could be like, uh, you know, chocolate covered, I don't know, chocolate covered something. You know, best idea in the world. Think of something that uh, would be the best thing chocolate covered. And if there's not a demographic for it, if it polls that would do bad, even by a percentage point, they will not move through with it. Um, And so uh, I just don't see it. I just don't see it like everything. It's the same with everything with them, and especially in politics with their pollsters and their publicists and all of that fluff. That they use in order to make or formulate an opinion. I mean, when you think about it, especially when we're talking about uh, political polls, don't don't what what is the what is the statistic? Like one person's opinion represents like ten thousand people's opinions. Like those are some of the. It might be more than that. It might be less than that. But it's it's something like that. Like where they they say one person represents x amount of people. You know, and so that's why they can survey like what 2000 people and then they can say that counts for like the entire country, something like that, something to that effect, guys. So uh, it's very, very important. And they know that uh, if there's not enough of a shift in public opinion and we've heard something to this effect before as well, that they could not move, make any moves because the public opinion was just not there. You know, it was just not there and it would not benefit them to try Because also of the uh, mainstream, lamestream, fake news, legacy media apparatus that is still up and running at this moment. So all of that combined, you would have to take the media out first. You know, if you want the military to drop down from the sky and not risk at least a third of the country being murdered in a bloody you know, civ- a civil revolution because we still have our guns. And, you know, while I'm sure that the Patriots outnumber those with guns who are not Patriots, there would still be equal bloodshed on either side. And, uh, if president Trump was a peacetime president. And if he started no new wars, why would he start one in his own backyard? It's not the people's fault that we have been, I mean, now to a point, yes, I get it guys. It is a, uh, their fault to a point because they've either remained asleep or didn't care enough to wake up or some of them are totally turned turned the other way. So, yeah, it is some of their fault. But if you think about how this has been going on for so long through so many generations, uh, we're at a point where it's not 100% their fault. And I'm not giving a pass on non-American Americans you know I mean you still got the communist Americans out there you still got the progressives and socialists who would damn the country if they could and and most definitely they should see their time as well if they played any role uh in actually affecting the downfall of this country but uh those are just my thoughts that's just my humble opinion that I speak so verbosely just because it's my, my it's my show <laughs> So thank you for humoring me uh, two in the pink. And I totally, I totally see your point. And I agree with it to a point. Uh, but, but that is to say, I mean, I wanted the military to drop down out of the sky on January 20th. Like you do not believe like my face was to that screen and it suffered uh, J-Lo and it suffered Garth Brooks and it suffered all of those fools, including I don't know what the heck Lady Gaga was high on that day. But it, I suffered, guys, just like you all did, and uh, and still the army did not come. But uh, someday, someday to in the pink, as long as we keep our faith and as long as we keep on uh, keeping on and spreading the word and acting where we can, doing what we can to support this cause, um, we will get there. We will get there. Uh, Mitradate says, Mr. C's having higher ratings in CNN and could drag them to- <laughs> Uh, I don't know about that, but uh, I appreciate the compliment. Um, okay, let's see. Good evening. Uh, speak uneasy. Good to see you, Plant Patriot. Howdy-do. I hope you're doing well this uh, Wednesday evening. Uh, speak gift in the can with regards from the bartender. Thank you, sir. I will have a drink as soon as we go to video. Uh, Sean Joe, good evening, sir. Thank you for... Um, Thank you for uh, the cookie tonight, sir. Uh, sorry, I was reading your comment right below. Thank you for gifting the cookie, Shanjo. And then he says, how long will Mr. C last tonight? Uh, why don't you guys take a poll? <laughs> will he be two hours? Will he be three hours? Will he go on till midnight? No, probably not quite that long. Uh, I, think, I think at this point we're geared up for about a two to two and a half hour show tonight. Uh, Let's see here Uh, Someone tells me that I my feed was dropped on Twitch. Mmm. Very interesting. I mean, you know I wouldn't say that I'm like a hundred percent over the target or anything but um, Like all of my stuff gets cut off of uh, freaking YouTube Like I'm trying to do these video uploads onto YouTube so this way I can post them on my website and I'm using very careful titles I'm, I'm even using episodes where I don't even necessarily talk about COVID or the likes, and they are still digging into them and they are blocking me. I think I have one more shot before one of my accounts is totally removed from um, YouTube. And, uh, uh, I don't, I mean, uh, the only thing I could say is I just, I ramble on so much. I probably do say these things without realizing it. And they have someone either analyzing the videos, um, or, or they're sticking their, uh, their, uh, their, what are those, uh, uh, those, um, bots called they're sticking their software on it. And, uh, they're, they're just, you know, cherry picking all of the algorithms out of my, uh, my vocal speech. Right. Uh, anyhow, we're back on, on Twitch. Uh, I noticed that I had about, uh, I, had about uh, I don't know, eight or so viewers, and pff, it went right down to zero. I guess that's what's going on over there, but uh, we'll see how it goes. All right, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Uh, let's see. Oh, Plat Patriot says, I've been saying that about the media since day one. We're talking about how they got to go. We're talking about how something has to change. I'm really hoping it's this COVID thing. I mean, this 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 what we're about to watch right now, ladies and gentlemen, which is part two of the Project Veritas COVID Vax Exposed series. Um this story's it's really breaking through, guys. It is breaking through. Um I mean, aside from being censored, it is uh it's making waves out there, guys, and um people are quite astonished by it. Uh, but with that said, and Sean Joe, I do apologize for the crackling. I uh, updated my drivers, and I did all that good stuff. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll have to run a virus scan through it at the close of the show. Uh, but, um, but yes, sir, ladies and gentlemen, um, that will be that for the moment as far as uh, our howdy-do and hello goes for this evening. Thank you again for joining us at The Sea Report for tonight, Wednesday, September 22nd first day of the fall. It was beautiful here in Texas. But now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get into the meat of things. Uh, all right. Oh, President Trump, how you doing, sir? Actually, let's do statements first. Why don't we do statements first? You guys are going to kill me. Let's do President Trump statements because after all, President Trump does lead at the C-Report. He only had one, so it's not going to be long. Let's take gander real quick and expand. All right, for President Trump, he says, the only powerful tool that Republicans have to negotiate with is the debt ceiling, and they would be both foolish and unpatriotic not to use it now. The way I look at it, what the Democrats are proposing on so many different levels will destroy our country. Therefore, Republicans have no choice but to do what they have to do. And the Democrats will have no choice but to concede all of the horror they are trying to inflict upon the future of the United States. Unrelated, but likewise, their so-called voting rights bill will be the end of our democracy. Don't give up or concede, Republicans. This is the ultimate representation of the people. Yes sir. Bob. That debt ceiling, ladies and gentlemen, is quite the conundrum right now as we speak today. Um, to raise the debt ceiling, right? Take us further into the depths of hyperinflation and other types of things, or to not raise the debt ceiling and there, uh, thereby default on uh, many of our uh, owings and loans to the Federal Reserve Central Bank, otherwise known as the Treasury, Otherwise known as uh, Miss Janet Yellen has already said that she will will utilize very uh, strict and imposing devices to ensure that uh, the United States of America does not default on their debt by not raising the debt ceiling. You see, they need you to borrow more money at interest, of course, that comes from nothing, in order for you to thrive. Wowzers, So backwards, so counterintuitive. reminds me of the uh, reminds me of the uh, general theme that's around Satanism. And everything's backwards. Just turn everything backwards, including the Word of God. All right. Okay, next uh, next thing with President Trump, In case you guys forgot, but you probably didn't. Uh, President Trump has a rally coming up weekend. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, September 25th in Georgia. And that should be quite a fun time in case you were wondering. Yes, you guessed it. We will be covering the Georgia rally for President Trump live here at the Mr. C channel, Mr. C TV channels abroad. So uh, hop on in and join us. We always have a great time. And uh, I encourage you to bring your snacks because you never know. Uh, The um, flyer here, the statement here or the press release says uh, President Donald J. Trump, 45th President of the United States of America, will be joined by uh, Herschel Walker, Congressman Jody Heiss and Georgia State Senator Burt Jones at the Save America rally in Perry, Georgia on Saturday, September 25th. Uh, This rally is a continuation of President Trump's many appearances in support of candidates and causes that further the MAGA legacy and accomplishments of President Trump's administration. So that'll be Saturday. That's this Saturday, September 25th at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Now, usually that time is the time when President Trump will take the stage so uh, I imagine he will be on about 6 p.m. Texas time. So we will probably be live at about 5 p.m. Central, possibly 4 p.m. Uh, I think it would be something to catch the speech by uh, Herschel Walker. I think I would like to watch that, and uh, yeah, maybe we maybe we can check out Jody and uh, Bert as well. Um, and uh, that should be a that should be a fun time. Uh, here's some more details. Special guest speakers, of course, we've said those already. Timeline of events. Uh, 7 p.m. is when President Trump is uh, set to take the stage. Should be a dandy time, ladies and gentlemen. Should be a dandy time. I brought the entire wrong thing over here. Okay, so we're all... Okay, ladies and gentlemen, there we go. That's the sign right there. We got uh, Project Veritas now and uh, part two of their expose on the COVID vaccine. Now, the first one, like I said, was uh, it was truly um, earth-shattering um, and, uh, and sad, you know, as well. Um, man, I don't know if much else could be said about it other than the fact that I, I feel like this might break some glass ceiling out there. And uh, because, you know, um, where people of America won't rabble-rouse over a stolen election, especially when they've been brainwashed to hate a public figure that they used to love and or adore or at least respect right back in his uh, reality TV days. Um, this has affected us so bad. I don't even need to go into it. You, you guys all know you all have experienced some kind of fallout from this entire planned pandemic, from this entire fake um, fake urgency That uh, they have instilled upon us this uh, false sense of fear that the powers that be have relished in that energy and just let it go to their head. And they've supplied that to the egos of their henchmen via doctors, scientists, governors, uh, politicians, anyone, anyone and everything, media people. But of course, media people are all in on it to begin with. Project Veritas comes to us with uh, another smashing report, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, we will delay no further. So let's get that beautiful bean footage rolling, rolling, rolling. No, you know yeah, ladies and gentlemen I set this thing up correctly I know and it never seems to work. let me try it again sorry guys I apologize what a uh, what's a uh, anticlimactic beginning to today's presentation um, no, what yeah. I don't know what's up with that. I think I need to uh shoosh. shoosh. I think I need to start uh doing that twice, that function. Okay. Um let's get this going. Alright guys. We will would you do you mind? Thank you. Okay, <laughs> sorry. Just fighting with my monitor. Okay, alright, let's try this again. Anticlimactic as that was. It's a good thing I didn't build up too much. Alright. Who's this goofah? I wonder, right? Okay. All right, guys, let's try this one more time. I will be monitoring for sound.
1: Actually, so blow it into them, blow dart it into
2: them. I remember reading about how with
1: COVID trials, they were having an issue recruiting African American people. Can't blame them. I can't, yeah, but it. at the same time, like, yeah. blow dart. It's where we're going. There needs to be a registry of the people who aren't vaccinated. Although that's sounding very Germany, the Germany that you're thinking There's There's lots of is not Germany. I mean, think about it like the Jewish stuff. Right? You looks like that age. Yeah. Again, so in order, low guard. <laughs> It is the perfect answer. <laughs> and since J and J is an mRNA, you have no issue of it counteracting with anything else. So again, you just shoot everyone. Grown darts. Easy. Well, how do we reach the minority populations? Low dart is always the answer. Yes. Yeah. I will cheers for the Yes, yeah. cheers. Many people are like, oh, the vaccine's terrible. It's the Antichrist. They're like, yes, our Savior. <laughs> if they start handing out vaccines, I'm going to go door to door instead of everyone. Oh, it's just your booster shot. Stick your arm out. Exactly. What's in that? Oh, it's just a vitamin C shot. Again, if you're an undercover journalist, you can't quote me. Again, if you're an undercover journalist, you can't quote me.
3: The government doesn't want to show that the darn vaccine is full of shit. Needs to
1: be a registry of the people who aren't vaccinated. That's sounding very dirty. I'm gonna go door to door and of everyone. Oh, it's just your booster shop. Don't She didn't wanna take it because of her. Religious police, she was coerced into
3: taking. They are it. not reporting, but they want to show it on the, the
1: map. So they're testing on the white people now. How do we reach the minority population? slow darts would probably still our most recent option. slow darts is always the answer. Yes. Cheers for yes.
4: Can you
1: reflect that to you or yeah. I remember reading about how with COVID trials they were having issue recruiting African American people, and it was because of a different medication the government tried to do that was specifically designed to kill African Americans. Oh, so
4: like a mistrust thing.
1: Yeah. is so this thing's safe, though. And we know that now, yeah. but like, again, I think there is still this big mistrust in like, it's deep rooted and yeah. I can't blame them. I can't, yeah, but at the same time, like blow yeah. dart. It's where we're going. You know? Yeah. I mean, my personal thing is like you know, you get blow darts of J and J, and again, I, I'm a what little do you mean, cynical. Blow darts of J. Yeah, Johnson Johnson. What what you mean? Like go to the unvaccinated, blow it into them. Blow dart it into them. Yeah. That's that's where I am at this point. Well, how do we reach the minority populations? Is there a way to do it? I want to get back to normal. I'm sure there is. I'm not the person to answer it though, mm. other than blow darts, because <laughs> I think that is a great solution. <laughs> well, the problem with that is,
5: uh,
1: uh, African Americans they might think that it's like almost like a callback to like getting shot by like. A it's fine. Slave. We'll go for the whites first. Oh, there you go. We'll post like video campaigns about doing it to the whites first, and then they Perfect. can't call it. Then the can't say it's Exactly. Because, it, again, it, it, it almost harkens back to, like, the photo yeah, exactly. shot in Africa by a blow dart and then yeah. put in a... We'll have to hire Amazon. some Amazonians first. Yes. Because, like, they'll get it done.
4: How good are you at blowing darts?
1: <laughs> Want to see how fast to get an Amazon rainforest tribe out here? Yeah. But, I mean, the undocumented immigration isn't much of an issue. It's, like, a lot of people may it out I think the issue, again, is if it's a large population of people who are going to choose not to get vaccinated because they don't want to admit that they
5: are undocumented,
1: again, you're going to create this issue where it's you got the anti-vaxxers and the people who are choosing not to for that reason, and then you have the vaxxers Again, the obvious yeah, answer like, is low guards. Like, no. If we just stick everyone again with the J and J to make sure that everyone's got something, we're good. I know there's enough to go around, yeah, so, yeah. so I mean, it's just how again so, so in order low it, is the, <laughs> it is the perfect answer. <laughs> and since J and J is an mRNA, you have no issue of it counteracting with anything else. So again, you just shoot everyone. I don't know what kind of technology we have right now, like miniature sort of blow darts or anything like that. Something like drums, drone darts. Easy. The white, uneducated, like, it's like all of the colloquial people that we see in Alabama and all this. And it's like, apparently you need an IQ test. If you fail below a certain level of IQ, you're getting a shot. That's a good idea. (laughs) I'll probably put a lot of shots in arms. (laughs)
2: Yeah.
1: Wow. Hey, how feasible is that, though? That's less feasible than the blow darts. (laughs) I think the blow darts are probably still our most feasible option. All right, cool. And like, the funding's there. It's easy to do. Blow darts. That's all we need. Done. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Seriously. It's terrible, but at this point, I'm like, I don't care about your bodily autonomy because it's not just your bodily autonomy that you're putting in jeopardy. You see any of that stuff going on with, uh,
4: like, uh, what's her name? Uh, Nikki Minaj. I mean, I, I just don't understand why she's opening up her mouth and causing more harm. Honestly, you know. well, the issue is that,
1: like I just said, we look at it as harm because we think, and like I think most educated people would think, the vaccine is a good thing. Whereas, you know, on the other side of the coin, the people who are like, oh the vaccine's terrible, it's the Antichrist. They're like, yes, our savior. <laughs> so my, my dad isn't one of you. So I, I, I not on your on my problems with him are not on your level, but my problems with him are like um he's anti-vax. Okay. He's, um, so we need a blow dart to go visit him. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So. Hey, Dad, stick your arm out. Exactly. What's that? Oh, it's just a vitamin C shot. Exactly. <laughs> In my opinion, the fitness industry dealing with this, you have to force it door to door. Yeah. Well, what are the chances of that happening? I mean, census goes door to door if you don't respond. So, we have the infrastructure to do it. it costs a ton of money.
5: Yeah.
1: But I think at that point, there needs to be a registry of the people who aren't vaccinated. Although that's sounding very Germany at the same point. I mean, we have to get back to so. normal. I agree. It's hard. Yeah. Because I don't think there is a, again, like I said before, with other things, I don't think there's a good choice. There isn't a black or white choice. There's only gray choices. Because the black or white isn't feasible. Yeah, you know, I'm at the level one. Like, I'm sorry. I agree. I'm also there, but what I think and what the government will actually do are very different. Mm. Because yeah. if they start handing out vaccines, I'm going to go door-to-door instead of everyone. Oh, it's just your booster shot. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a trained licensed professional. It's fine. I mean, you can could, you could tell them it's like a flu shot or something. It's a monthly... I mean, I'm sure they don't take that either. So the death rate's gone down. It's... This is the one thing that I hate about statistics is, you know, sometimes you can play with them in the way that you want to show the information because you can definitely do that you know if you let COVID kill off everyone over 60 let's say everyone under that age is going to have an easier recovery period for the most part so the death rate would obviously go down it's like oh we're doing a great job death rate's down but it's like, okay you've killed off like 400 million people bro. yeah hmm and again, that's one of the things about statistics. It's like, oh, you play around. Sometimes you can find the thing to tell you what you want it to tell you. Well, I just figured that it would be a no-brainer that they would the push the booster shots. Yeah. I'm, again, I understand FDA's position because it was like, oh, yeah, they only, they only produce the data for 65 and older with these booster shots. So they don't have the data to say, oh, yeah, it does the same thing for 20-year-olds. And it's like, okay. Yeah. But do we think it's harmful for 20 year olds to get a booster shot? This is my question at MBA, and it's like, they're like, they didn't provide enough data. And it's like, okay, I get it, but I don't at the same time. But that's my personal opinion. Again, if you're an undercover journalist, you can't quote me. Okay. So this is the thing that's always like really crude as an economist. Is we have a certain value that we put on each human life. And so when I think about like government mandates like that, I think about it in those terms, which you know is terrible because I think each human life is priceless in its own self. But like, okay, so if you give a million vaccines and two of them are blood clots, okay, you have a loss of $10 million about in your like government regulation type world framework. Because each each life account for about five million dollars, and again, it can range and all that stuff. But like, okay, so if you can, if you give these million vaccines, you get everything back to normal. Are you making more than that ten million dollar loss, or are you not? And that's the way that like we're trained to like try and think about these things in terms of cost-benefit analysis, that type of stuff. Again, my own opinion is very different, but. So you're trained, can you explain that in layman's terms? better? Yeah, so like with our econ training, with like, when I learned how to do my job. Will there like ever play politics with like the science? So, I would think that the general people there, so the people who are the actual scientists, no but there are political appointees that are generally scientific advisors mm-hmm. who are appointed by the president or the commissioner. Mm-hmm. So they definitely do. Yeah, Because, you know, they're being paid based on if the other people are staying in power. Unfortunately, everyone ends up playing politics. But I don't think that the career scientists are. I think that it's the people that they're unfortunately having to report to because these political appointees are being put in place and
2: that's part
1: of like the the senate confirms the people to so then just pick their people
0: that was uh, sickening ladies and gentlemen that was absolutely <laughs> sickening. Oh, yeah, there's the uh, commercial for uh Mr. Uh, O'Keefe again by his book for show, ladies and gentlemen. That was uh crazy, crazy. Um, oh, I mean, the man himself loses credibility just by being who he is, but uh, <laughs> wowzers. Uh, but had a lot of information, uh, so we'll see where that goes. I, I'm sure that that guy will be pretty damn popular in his circles now that he's been featured on Project Veritas. I mean, this sounds petty, but I was like, uh, the undercover, uh, undercover, uh, agent there must have been pretty attractive for that guy to just spill the beans like nothing, <laughs> anyways. Um, that was crazy, guys. Uh, uh, Tam Growl um, says, uh, gee, just look at the kind of folks working for the FDA. Genocidal maniacs. I would have to definitely agree with them. I agree with you there, Miss Tam Growl. Um, it's like uh, they, they, they are able to vet and or, uh, I don't know, sense these people out. It's crazy who they get working for them. Uh, it's an entire entire segment of a generation, if not more, like that. Uh, and uh, I, I almost uh, I almost uh, uh, slow to say uh, probably part somewhere in the neighborhood of my generation. I need a lot of people like that. It's terrible. I don't know what I have on the screen, right here, but um, uh, yeah. Uh, so wow, that one's uh, that one's. Um, that was quite a uh, quite an expose there in regards to the covid thing, This time coming from the FDA as opposed to the HHS. Uh, there are demons amongst them, sickos, just Vina says, um, sociopaths. They have absolutely no care for anyone else, no sense of empathy, no sense of common decency, no some sense of respect for their fellow man. I'm sorry you were not loved in high school or, or by your family. No I'm just kidding, that's wrong. That's that's mean, but I mean for what he's saying, what he wants to do so ruthlessly not even caring Not even an iota, not even an ounce of, of restraint in his voice or his eyes. Oh man, that's terrible. That's terrible. Tam Girl asks, how many more like him work for the FDA or the C D C? Hmm. It seems like they uh, get sociopaths and people who are uh, who are first, um, you know, uh, loyal to their fear. They, they got to be loyal to their fear. You remember that one uh, doctor scientist lady yesterday was like, "I'm not going to lose my job over that." She's going to let them to keep on lying. She's going to let them. Uh, she's going to let them keep on um, uh, withholding valuable information, life saving information, data that needs to be known. Uh, that's crazy. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. That was uh, part two of the uh, Project Veritas COVID Vax Exposed series. Yep, blow darts. I don't know. I Think he could use a blow dart himself. But uh, we'll see. I mean, I'm gonna. I'm actually quite interested on the fallout for this guy what it's going to be like uh, come tomorrow uh, because we had what um, the uh, whistleblower from yesterday's episode, uh, you know, people have just shown up in droves to support her. And of course you have the media spinning it uh, as they would, aside from trying to debunk it. But even the department of uh, health and human services uh, released a letter, uh, or I should say, responded to um, project Veritas and, uh, they could not. Den- they did not deny it. Uh, they they said it was very concerning, what uh, what they uh, found in uh, the report released on Monday. They said it was very concerning and that they could not deny it, um, and that uh, they were going to investigate it. So the Department of Health and Human Services, they they admitted that what. You know, James O'Keefe aired yesterday was in fact real. It was true, and it was not made up, fabricated, or cut. So uh, that's coming from the Health and Human Services guys. They're they are opening an investigation into their staff members, or you know what? They're probably going to open up an investigation into the uh, ladies on the film, right? They're not gonna they're not gonna stop what they're doing. They're not gonna stop pushing. You know uh, their their angle and their uh, their plan. They're probably going to end up firing the lady who was on the show yesterday, saying that it's all BS. You know that's what I bet you that's what kind of investigation they're going to be doing. Who said it? And did she really say it? And is that her? What's her name? Get her out of here. Terrible. HHS, FDA, CDC, FBI, DOJ, CIA. All the three-letter agencies need to be disbanded now, right? And we're not even talking about the libertarian platform, like these have got to go. Um, They were created primarily, I would, I think, maybe aside from the DOJ, I could be wrong there, but these were primarily created to have a central location of power over said and specific uh, um, um, factors of life, you know, health and human services covers all of that, you know, in regards to uh, and to our existence and our well being. FDA covers all those regulations, right? Control, control, control. Clamp down on independence. FBI I, I heard was started to be uh, an interstate commerce agency having nothing to do with uh, forensic murder cases and, and you know, uh, silence of the lambs and crap like that. CIA is just a frickin', um, you know, is just the muscle arm of the deep state, um, you know, realized in a, a government agency, but uh, that's who they are. That's who, that's what they do. CDC clamp down, clamp down, control medicines and doctors, etc. Yep, you got it, just the... You have got it, ma'am. They need to go. And there was this kind of—I uh, would say it's a bittersweet joke—that um, uh, when it comes to uh, when it comes to reducing the size of our government, Joe Biden was the only successful president to do it. He cut the government down by half. The workforce. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's not so funny under these contexts, but uh, he did it right with the stupid vaccine mandate. Yeah, it hasn't gone all the way through yet, just so. Do you think he's fired yet, Ask Zena? Uh, I think he's about to be. I mean, by now, 8.43 Texas time. That uh, puts him at 9.43 on the East Coast, which means uh, this video has been out for over an hour. And uh, HHS responded to uh, James O'Keefe by the next day on Tuesday. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure they've seen it. And uh, he'll probably be gone by tomorrow, I bet you. Hey, Angle, how you doing tonight? Sorry you missed it. We uh, aired it here tonight. And anyone watching out there, you can go to project, you can go to uh, covidvaxexposed.com. So this way they can send you a direct link to this video report and the events that they are censored and banned, a la, you know, Alex Jones and every other thing that's been censored and banned forever. Um They're they're still up right now in some places, but uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram are actively uh, clamping down on them as well. Connie Kendra says, yeah, I'd like to blow darts at him like a million times. Seriously, who comes up with that crap? I know. Cynical, cynical, arrested development, soy boy, little girls, right? He's probably trans. Just kidding. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Then they're going to say all trans are uh, sociopaths. That's what Mr. C said. And I'm going to be like, uh, didn't you see Silence of the Lambs? No, just kidding. I'm just playing. <laughs> okay. But his his uh, his disease was not transsexual. It was far deeper than that. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. Uh, yes, they have to fire this flame versus two in the pink. Absolutely. And I don't know much about the Greek alphabet, but their uh, their whole plan is that. Mm-hmm. 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 Wow, it seems like I knew we would all reach a consensus about that. Oh my goodness, why did I put that man on the screen? Well, we know why, because he's next. But let me just kill this because it's playing in the back. All right, cool. All right, guys, that was quite the expose. I'm glad we got to see it. I'm guessing part three is going to drop on Friday if uh, James O'Keefe is following a patterned timeline every other day or so. I don't know. We'll find out. But uh, we'll see if it drops on Friday. And if it is, we will have it here for you guys on that night's edition of The Sea Report. Now let's get on to our international news. We got uh, three major stories to cover, and uh, we've got quite some ground to cover. So uh, let's start with the Canada elections, ladies and gentlemen. Now, as you all may or may not have known, because uh, some of my Canadian friends said they didn't even know that there was an election going on, honestly. (laughs) Um, uh, Indeed, guys, uh, they had a federal election this past Monday, September 20th. Now, that was moved up from, I think, October or November... And that in itself was moved up by two years because these uh, federal elections apparently happen every four years. But under the threat of the pandemic, Trudeau decided to uh, get this uh, boosted off quicker and, uh, you know, get, uh, get this election thing going uh, to try and secure his uh, seat as the uh, prime minister of Canada and also hopefully uh, expanding his own cabinet uh, or the party members of the cabinet, I should say, of parliament. Um, it doesn't seem that uh, that was uh, too successful, at least on the latter. On the former, though, um, it, it does appear that uh, Trudeau will hold a third term as Prime Minister of Canada. Now we all could have suspected this would happen. Questions abounded about uh, election fraud, etc. Uh, just the general election activities in Canada doesn't seem like they are that uh, driven, you know, uh the Canadian people to participate. Uh but I, I mean, I would not be one to verify that fact, although I have f- heard from some of our Canadian friends that uh Indeed, um, it's not that big a deal, and even the local media does not even cover um, or preempt the Canadian citizen about their own elections. And so uh, it kind of just falls by the wayside, and no one really knows or cares about it, probably until about a week or two out, which I would imagine was the case. Uh, That seems to be the general lifespan of uh, election seasons, Uh, at least prior to 2026 it was in America, I'm sure. Ah no, I guess we were rabble rousing, uh, you know, a few months to a half a year or more out, you know, after uh, after Bush left office and Obama was incoming. But um, prior to that, you know, what what more could people really say and or care about it, particularly in the media to share about it with the people? Uh, But now with uh, Trudeau and his uh, win there, that's uh, he's a a member of the Liberal Party. That's what they call them there in uh, Canada. And uh, so again, amid this pandemic, he called for an early election and he secured his seat. Um, They, interesting enough, uh, have all of these uh, absentee and mail-in ballot procedures. Like in Canada, it's pretty common for them to call the election on election night or thereabouts, and then still have to finish counting all the votes. That's what the theme of all the articles I read about this was today. Another interesting um, factoid about Canadian elections is they are not called, you wouldn't say the election in Ottawa, you would say the Ottawa riding. Trudeau won the Ottawa riding in 2021. So they call their elections ridings. I went through about three articles before I realized, like before, like, you know, my mind was able to meld and assimilate to their, uh, their nomenclature up to the north about what they call elections. They call them writings, okay? So I was like, right, like Little Red Riding Hood, writings. Okay, so uh, 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 Trudeau won the Canadian writing for 2021 federal government elections or writings. (laughs) I was like, okay, I guess Canadians, uh, you call them what you will. Um, But the Liberal Party... Uh, promising to continue its progressive path on climate action and finishing the fight against COVID-19. My friends, I think that uh, James O'Keefe might have just finished that for you. Uh, they won or were leading at 158 ridings on a Tuesday morning, and they closed a count of 150 seats at dissolution. And I'm guessing that that is how they say the completion of the election, uh, finishing with the count at dissolution. Well, I'm sure a bunch of Canadians were disillusioned, uh, but maybe not because it seems like not that many people up there are awake, but they're getting there, ladies and gentlemen. That's what this story is all about. Now, the opposition conservatives, they're the other major party. They got a two-major party system up there in Canada as well with a whole bunch of colorful little other parties. Uh, The opposition conservative party touted the party's platform for Canada's recovery. Build Back Better Canada, Conservatives of Canada. They won um, 119 ridings. Mm, good for you, Conservatives. Uh, but not really because uh, they are establishment Conservatives. They are rhinos, these Conservatives, this Conservative Party in Canada. Now, another a party, pardon me, I'm hitting my camera there. Another party is known as uh, the Bloc Quebecois because it's in French, and I don't know how to speak French, French, France. I don't know how to speak French, but I think it's the Bloc Québécois, and uh, they continued its Quebec first message throughout the entire campaign. They uh, won 32 seats at dissolution while they were leading at 34 writings. Okay, Uh, The NDP, which is otherwise known as the New Democrat Party of Canada, Uh, which was competing for the progressive vote with the liberals, and they were counting on the popularity of their leader, Jagmeet Singh, they won at least, oh, they won 24 writings, okay, and they held 24 seats at dissolution. Uh, Another party called the Green Party maintained the two-seat count it had at dissolution, while uh, their leader Annemie Paul failed to win in her riding in Toronto Centre. Longtime Green um, MP Elizabeth May won in her British Columbia riding of Saanich Gulf Islands, and fellow British Columbia Green incumbent Paul Manley lost in his riding, but the loss was offset by Green candidate Mike Morris winning the Kitchener Center riding in Ontario. And everything I just shared with you guys is absolute furrin to me. Um, but uh, just let it be known that all that information right there was about the Green Party, sir. The Green Boys, sir, right? So that's what that was. Let's now, now, this is the, the important topic of conversation. Maxime Bernier, uh, leader of the People's Party of Canada. Um, the uh, the uh, Canada First team here, uh, the team that uh, well represents what uh, we patriotic Americans would be here in our country, they actually have a team and it's called the People's Party of Canada. It sounds communist, PPC, CCP, right? But it's not. These people are indeed, uh, well, they tout themselves more as a classical liberal slash libertarian. Um, but uh, they, they, in effect, are for uh, mirror what we uh, represent here in America as conservative America first patriots. Uh, they did not win any seats, as it was uh, kind of uh, conjectured. Uh, conjectured. It was kind of projected uh, that they wouldn't win any seats. Um, I think I said so myself a few days ago in conversation in the chat. Now, um, uh, that included uh, Bernier's uh, personal writing of Bose in Quebec. Uh, and that was won by the incumbent conservative candidate. So even in his hometown or his home writing, uh, Maxime Bernier did not win. Uh, the party which campaigned on upholding personal liberties and fighting for COVID-19 vaccine choice did increase its share of the national vote to over five percent, which is up uh from less than two percent. Actually, it's up from more than that, because they had, yeah, oh yeah, I'm just reading the, my syntax is off right now. Uh, it's up from less than 2% in 2019. And that is key, ladies and gentlemen. Now, um, perhaps all of those brand new People's Party of Canada voters saw this loss and got discouraged and just decided to go back to the Liberal or the Conservative or the New Democrat Party or the Green Party, the Green Boys. Or perhaps they realize that uh, for a party that began in 2018 to go from one point something percent up to over five percent is actually quite a large representation in mass. Uh, So that's a good thing. Um, And it's like I've said before, because this is the party to support in Canada. They may well, you know, they may well actually, uh, be, um, a a bit major, more of a contender in four years. They may even get some seats in the house. Can you imagine that? This is, we are witnessing the, uh, the nascent birth of a uh, brand new conservative and, uh, true to its constitution party of Canada. That's actually very encouraging. You know, if Maxime Bernier had somehow managed to pull off a win, which it wasn't going to happen, but it could have because anything's possible in these this day and age, uh, we would be we would be supporting Maxime Bernier just as we support President Jair Bolsonaro in Brazil, because we need our allies and we need to recognize who they are, because when the media starts spinning their stories about them and uh, they think that just because it's international news that we're not going to pay attention or not going to you know, call them to a court or account, uh, we know, guys, we know who these people are, who the players are, and what the heck is going on in countries, not just ourselves. Um, now, it's always going to be America First here at Mr. C and the C Report, and that's exactly why we only do one day of international news. But uh, getting back into the rest of this information here, um, it just goes on about Trudeau and what he ran on and, and how he lost his, uh, he, he lost, well, he already had a minority of his party in the parliament. He lost it a little bit more. Okay. So that's not good for him. Obviously he'll have to wheel and deal with these other fake globalist, um, bought out politicians in Canada. I'm sure it'll be great for a, uh, horse and pony show on their local, uh, legacy, uh, fake news media. Uh, But uh, we could give two hoots about that. Let's talk a little bit more about Maxime Bernier, because this is the man to support at this time. Um, Well, okay. so again, the People's Party, um, they make vote gains, but again, they don't win a seat. Uh, The results so far as it was going was that uh, they would not win. That was what was projected. That is pretty much the way it went out to be. Uh, In an email to supporters on Monday morning, um, uh, People's Party of Canada leader Maxime Bernier said he had a good feeling. And uh, once the results came in, even though that was technically a defeat, um, you wouldn't have known it based on how he uh, carried himself and presented himself during his concession speech. Um, But to be sure, with this entire anomaly that is the People's Party of Canada expanding so much in just under, what, four years or so, I mean, if you're date to date, uh, it shows that um, they actually did hurt some of the other political parties. They put a dent in what uh, they were trying to accomplish, specifically the Conservative Party suffered the most at their hands uh because of what they're trying to do uh and it's really a signal ladies and gentlemen and I know I know it seems like a uh it seems like a uh an india uh, it seems like a, a smoke signal in a in a snowstorm basically uh when we're talking about canada and uh, what hope they have but I don't want to sound too down on it so I'm just going to carry on being optimistic about uh where this is going um well, let, let's see a real quick um, news report on how they affected the uh, outcome of the race in Canada. Um, this is about uh, Maxime Bernier and the People's Party of Canada once again. Uh, so let's get that going, guys.
6: The chef du Parti People's du Canada, the leader of the People's Party of Canada, Maxime Bernier. Yes, go ahead. Freedom, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. My friends, today we made history. Mes amis, aujourd'hui nous avons fait l'histoire. Canadian politics will never be the same again. When we started, when we started this campaign 5 weeks ago, everybody thought we would only be a footnote. At the beginning, the media did not even cover us. And then they had to start paying attention. (laughs) Yes, they have to start paying attention because thousands of Canadians were coming to our rallies all across the country. Everywhere we looked, you could see purple, a purple wave, a sea of purple. My friends, this is not just a political party. It is a movement. It is an ideological revolution that we are starting now. Today, over a million Canadians said they've had enough. Enough of this COVID hysteria. Enough of the flattening our rights and freedoms. Enough of the massive spending, deficit, and government overreaching. Enough of the lies of establishment politicians. Like me, like me, they are mad. They are mad. They want their... They want to have their normal lives back. They don't, want, they don't want the tyrannical Chinese model that you admire, Mr. Prime Minister. They don't want that. Yeah, we want freedom and we will have freedom. Les autres partis sont tous en faveur des confinements, du passeport vaccinal, de la ségrégation. Les autres partis sont tous en faveur d'un plus gros gouvernement qui vous endette chaque jour, qui contrôle votre vie, qui limite votre liberté d'expression. Au cours des 19 derniers mois, il est devenu clair, très clair que nos droits et libertés sont menacés. Si nous ne faisons rien, Pour arrêter cette dérive autoritaire, nous pouvons dire adieu à notre mode de vie. Le Parti populaire est devenu aujourd'hui le seul vrai parti d'opposition au Canada. Nous Nous allons continuer le combat pour nos libertés en dehors du Parlement, dans la rue, pour influencer l'opinion publique none of the other parties will fight for your rights. And that's why today, the People's Party has become Canada's only, only real opposition party in Ottawa. The only, the only party that's opposed to all this nonsense that is destroying our society, our economy, and our country. If we had a proportional voting system, we would have elected about 20 MPs today. Unfortunately, we won't be able to carry on this fight in Parliament, but we will continue this battle to unite canadians under the freedom umbrella canadians <laughs> canadians who oppose the rise of tyranny and authoritarian government need a voice we are going to be that voice <laughs> Merci. Mes amis, ce n'est qu'une étape de plus pour le Parti populaire. En 2 ans seulement, notre parti a été notre appui a été multiplié par 3. À la prochaine élection qui pourra arriver très bientôt, nous serons encore mieux préparés. It's only the beginning. In 2 years, our support has increased 3 times over. When the next election comes, we will even be better prepared. And this time, we will win seats in Parliament. (laughs) Je veux, je veux évidemment remercier ce soir les beaucerons qui m'ont appuyé. And thank you to our extraordinary team across the country, our fantastic candidates and organizers. You did an amazing job. Thank you. We need you. We need you. Canadians need you to continue this fight for our country, for our freedom. Thank you. Purple Army, stay strong and free, et à bientôt. Merci. Thank
0: you. Thank you. And we'll pause it there, right in the middle of that kiss. Okay, So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that was a bit of um, Maxime Bonnier his concession speech and, uh, also how he's affected the party. Now you might got, you might notice guys. Um, he said, uh, in the next election, they may win seats. So it's safe to say that he himself is not expecting a, you know, a type of, uh, a prime, prime, uh, prime ministerial win uh, is, is kind of what I'm thinking. Where did it go? Where did it go? Thank you. Okay, that was weird. Okay, so yeah. Yes, I do need a technician, guys. Okay, so anyways, so uh well that that was that. Um and uh he sounded very um he didn't sound like uh, you know, he just lost an election. I think the whole point was to grow the movement that is the People's Party of Canada, and I think they have done so quite successfully for what they did and in the time span that they have done it. Uh, So we will see where this uh, this movement goes to uh, ahead and into the future um, as uh, we uh, continue to uh, we continue to root for our brothers and sisters across this planet to break free from the chains of the globalists and our captors at large. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to take us over to our next topic of discussion. Let me see if I can get that thing to work. My computer's running a little slow today, so please forgive me. Ah, uh, yes, we're heading right over to Brazil. We're gonna talk about President Bolsonaro, and uh, who is this fool sharing the screen with him right now? That would be uh, Mayor de Blasio. <laughs> Mayor de Blasio, Blasio, Blagio over there in New York. Now, ladies and gentlemen, Uh, We just had a United Nations General Assembly occur this past Monday in New York City, of course, because that is, or in Manhattan, because that is where uh, the United Nations uh, headquarters is located. Why that building did not go down like building number seven, I will never know. Well, actually, it's pretty obvious why it didn't, right? But. Uh, so uh that was going on there on Monday. We had uh you know uh, uh you know, a president select Biden making a joke out of uh, America once again as well as uh, losing a little bit more. He loses a little bit more dignity every time he's on camera, it seems like um, but uh yeah, the, that's uh, that's what was going on. but uh, the reason why we have uh, Mr. Bellagio de Blasio, sorry, Bellagio, here on the screen is because um, Mayor de Blasio said right out, do not come, don't come to President Bolsonaro. Uh, The reason for that being is, of course, because uh, probably of everyone in attendance at the United Nations General Assembly on Monday, President Bolsonaro of Brazil, is not vaccinated for COVID-19. And it seems like as it is in all cases in the city and at least of New York, the, the state, the city for sure, you got to show your papers if you want to pass through. So that was, uh, that was the warm welcoming that one, uh, president Bolsonaro received from one crooked treasonous American, that being mayor de Blasio, um, Sean, Joe, thank you for the cookie. Tambrell, thank you for gifting the can. Cheers to the destruction of the old guard. Yeah. Let's watch them come down guys. Now, um, uh, in the wake of this, uh, um, um, visit to the States for this, uh, assembly that was being held uh, with world leaders around at the United Nations. Uh, I mean, there was a lot left to be said about that. Um, You know, uh, Bolsonaro gave a speech, and uh, as as a president or a leader of another country tends to do at these events, Um, but ladies and gentlemen, um, there was um, a, a rather interesting exchange that took place on the Tucker Carlson show. Um, between Tucker and the son of Jair Bolsonaro, Eduardo Bolsonaro, I think we have a, oh, (laughs) hey, there's that picture, Bolsonaro eating pizza. That's right, unvaccinated and unmasked, the president of Brazil is forced to eat a slice of New York style pizza at the curb. But hey, like I said, probably the same thing would have happened with Trump but again I'm sure they did not recognize this man in the screen in the picture here so they, they probably had no idea who the heck that man was um, but uh, yes indeed so uh, moving right along to there's Eduardo there's the son of the president of Brazil uh, you guys might remember him some from, from such films as the Mike Lindell cyber symposium. Absolutely. Uh, So, Eduardo uh, was on the Tucker Carlson show uh, just the other day. Uh, I think you guys are going to like what he had to say about uh, Mayor de Blasio over there in New York. If you haven't seen it already, here it is, ladies and gentlemen.
7: So, de Blasio just issued a warning to Brazil's president, Jair Bolsonaro. He told Bolsonaro not to come to the U.N. General Assembly because he's not vaccinated. We need to send a message to all the world leaders, including most notably Bolsonaro from Brazil, that if you intend to come here, you need to be vaccinated. If you don't want to be vaccinated, don't bother coming, because everyone should be safe together. Really, because Bolsonaro already recovered from COVID, so he doesn't need the vaccine. No one who's recovered from COVID needs the vaccine. They have greater immunity than people who get the vaccine. This is insane. So Bolsonaro came anyway. He was photographed eating pizza in New York City. As you can see, he had to eat it outside because he's not vaccinated. Eduardo Bolsonaro is a Brazilian politician. He's the son of the president of Brazil. He joins us to respond to Bill de Blasio. Mr. Bolsonaro, thanks so much for coming on tonight. We appreciate it. Um, so, were you tempted, were you, was your father tempted to cancel the trip to New York because the failed mayor didn't want him there? Yes, it happened in 2019,
4: and uh, it shows a lot how left-wing people are. They want to control everything. But I know that the Blasio is a Marxist that uh, follows a lot what uh, Antonio Gramsci uh, says. And uh, for them, everything is about politics and ideology. So... He'll never be polite with us. And uh, to be really... uh, I don't care that much about what he thinks. I don't waste my time listening to him.
7: It's interesting. I love hearing the foreign perspective because sometimes people who don't live here see things with a greater clarity because they're they're not as caught up in the details. The first thing you said was de Blasio is a Marxist. That's obvious to you.
4: Sure, yes. Sure, yes. Because... uh, this thing that when you think that you know what is better for the other people than the other people's opinion, it shows a lot about who you are. It's very yeah. it's very strange, Tucker, that U.S. founding Fathers, you gave a big example for the whole world when you make your constitution and the First Amendment because you said there that everybody, all human beings, have the right of the life and the liberty. And yes. nowadays, looks like some politicians, they forgot about that they just don't care about that they will control everybody's life and in a point that even the talibans can talk you know true things about free speech to the big techs. so this is a crazy world us is an example when you talk about liberty and democracy so we
7: stayed really we are scared with what is going on in us oh it's so sad to hear that do you think that when politicians in this country become totalitarian, when they strip the rights from the people they represent, that leaders around the world watch this and follow the example?
4: Sure, yes, Tucker. Sure,
7: yes. And uh, I have an advice for
4: the American people. Do not think that Venezuela is something far, far, far away from you. Venezuelans during the 90s, if you tell them that one day Venezuela would turn itself a dictatorship. They would never take it serious. So this is a a very strong message that uh, you have to take care
7: about that. Such a great point. I went to Caracas as a child. It It was a nice place. It's not anymore. Eduardo Bolsonaro, I appreciate you coming on tonight. Thank you.
0: All right, folks. There you have it. From the son of the president himself, Bill de Blasio is a Marxist. Put that one in the headlines. Oh, man, that is... Um, I love that. I love that. I'm going to start calling Tucker Carlson Tucker. <laughs> yes, Tucker. <laughs> oh, so cute the Brazilian Portuguese is. Uh, but, I mean, to be sure, ladies and gentlemen, as the United Nations headquarters is in New York City, it is nonetheless considered international territory. And so it is not subject to United States laws. So that means that a little peon like uh, Mayor de Blasio, no matter how big he wants to wear his britches, uh, not even the UN Secretariat can tell a head of state if he is not vaccinated, that he cannot enter into the United Nations. I'm sure on some level, de Blasio had to have known that Uh, I'm sure he just wanted to talk like the boss, that he ain't. And that's probably why he made that statement. So there we go. There is President Bolsonaro. uh, The last standing conservative um, uh, Brazilian first. (laughs) I don't know how you put that. Um, God-given rights first man representing a, a country in this world. Right until we get our President Trump or um, at least a very strong representation of him into office here in the States. Um, But uh, President Bolsonaro, um, in his visit to uh, the United Nations, did defend the coronavirus policies of Brazil and also talked about things uh, such as a strong economy for the country of Brazil now, um, he devoted much of his speech uh, to the country's business environment and also talked up the progress on Amazon deforestation. Um, but for much of the media, of course, that was difficult because all they could think about is this man is not vaccinated. And that is the headline that you will read mostly throughout the mainstream fake news legacy media. Um he uh did talk a great he did not talk a great deal about the coronavirus pandemic planned pandemic but he was very feisty on the subject the media was obsessed with his status of vaccination as the only world leader known to have violated the honor system at the general assembly by entering the hall without being fully vaccinated um uh, some reports read that it was exceedingly awkward Uh, The first person to give a speech over at uh, the uh, General Assembly that day was actually illegitimate joke Biden, um, followed by Jair Bolsonaro. Now, uh, there were some other awkward moments that we're going to cover here in just a minute, but to uh, just briefly summarize uh, some points of his speech... Um, he um, he talked about uh, having invest uh, having thriving investment partnership programs for their country, infrastructure improvements with privatization, right? Which is uh, um, a lot better than having things owned by the government, right? Under their previous socialist leader, communist, uh, that is where they went in their country. He also talked about their booming consumer market and um, how they had a firm tradition of honor and respect for contracts. Bolsonaro touted Brazil's comprehensive and thorough environmental legislation, especially its forest code, which he said sets an example for trees to follow. Now keep in mind uh, where Bolsonaro might not fly a thousand percent where he wants him to in the name of climate change. he is very much opposed to climate change extremism and propaganda. Uh, so you may still hear him talk about climate issues, um, but it is nowhere within the realm or the uh, context that is fed to us by the globalist, propagandist, communist sympathizers that we uh, have surrounding us today. Bolsonaro also restated that uh, he makes a promise for Brazil and of Brazil to welcome refugees from the dictatorship in Venezuela. And with that in mind, he also said that refugees from Afghanistan were welcomed as well. Um, When he did finally break into coronavirus pandemic um, issues, um, Bolsonaro described it as a hideous surprise and he mourned the deaths in Brazil and worldwide. He rejected, however, uh, the criticism for his approach to the pandemic by insisting that he kept an appropriate focus on protecting jobs and keeping poverty from overwhelming Brazil. So I guess you can say that uh, President Bolsonaro was not a lockdown president and he kept the economy flowing in his country, I'm sure by not locking down his citizens under uh, mandatory and arbitrary quarantines. And he was roughly criticized for that, primarily over the number of deaths that have occurred according to globalist agency statistics. We all know the schemes that they have played in boosting and fluffing their numbers for COVID uh, deaths, as well as uh, instances of sickness. So um, I guess you could say uh, we'd need to see the real numbers there. Um, but well, whether or not we will see it in our lifetime, at least Brazil's, um, uh, well, that remains to be seen, ladies and gentlemen. Bolsonaro also addressed the criticisms of his attitude towards vaccines by saying that he supports vaccination efforts, pointing to the 260 million doses of vaccines distributed by the Brazilian federal government, also including the fact that almost 90% of the adult population of Brazil had received at least one shot, while a close 80% of the indigenous population had been inoculated against the Wuhan coronavirus. He said, we support vaccination efforts. However, my administration has not supported a vaccine or a health passport or any other vaccine-related obligation. In other words, no mandatory vaccines, and you don't have to show your papers to keep your job or to go enjoy yourself with your family and your friends, nay, even to attend a funeral. So uh, that's pretty good, Uh, I would say so. Um, Tam Grell says his speech was good. You saw his disgust for the deep state. Yep, ladies and gentlemen, we sure did. In the interest of time, ladies and gentlemen, we will not be watching President Bolsonaro's speech. There it is right there. I'll drop the link in the chat if you guys want to see it. Uh, It is 12 minutes long, but we have a lot of Australian news to cover next. So I apologize. We won't be getting into that uh, or into this, into his uh, into his discourse at the United Nations General Assembly on Monday. Um, But, uh, like I said, awkward moments, ladies and gentlemen. Awkward moments abounded at the uh, meeting of these world leaders. Now, uh, here we have pictured uh, Jair Bolsonaro and uh, Doofus Johnson, I mean Boris Johnson, of the United Kingdom. Now, uh, Boris and uh, Jair um, uh, had a meet and greet and a photo opportunity uh, for the press. Um, 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 around the schedule of the uh, UN General Assembly. And uh, yeah, we have uh, Boris Johnson here. Uh, I guess he's attempting to be the one. He wants to be the man who got the only man of all the world leaders in attendance to take a vaccine. So uh, during this photo opportunity, uh, Boris Johnson solicits the uh, AstraZeneca vaccine for Jair. And I'm pretty sure uh, President Bolsonaro sitting there saying, yeah, it's probably cyanide (laughs) or something like that. Cause yeah, you tell you what guys, I'm sure for some people it is. Now uh, I'm gonna play a brief clip of their meet. It's less than a minute. There were clips that were 30 seconds longer guys with just a little bit more deets, but the sound on them was so bad. Uh, we're going to share this one with you guys and, uh, I think y'all will enjoy it. Um, uh, Bolsonaro has a translator for himself. Um, so you'll watch his, uh, his, uh, hand movements, his gestures there,
2: uh, during the. Okay. Good. Thank public
6: position. Yeah. I promised to come to Brazil, not but, but then we had covid. Which
2: is barbaric. But we working to get
6: our vaccine. estamos juntos, a great partnership. I have thanks everybody. Get that, it's i have, to I have, I
2: have twice. twice. You you have twice. twice.
0: Okay, so uh, uh, yeah, there you have it, guys. So, yeah, that's where uh, where is he at right here? Did you guys just see that though? Like, like seriously, guys, did you just not witness a salesman for Astrazeneca vaccine? He's like, you should try it though. I've had it. It's a good vaccine. Peace, everybody. Everybody try AstraZeneca's vaccine. You can get it at your local uh, doctor's office near you. That man, you, you see who their jobs are. I mean, it's been said before. It's been said before. If these if these politicians could wear their sponsors on their coats like NASCAR drivers, we'd be in a better world. And maybe moving forward, that should be the case. Or how about moving forward, businesses get the hell out of politics altogether with, and it's all up to the individual personal contribution. No, screw this business donating money. I don't give a damn how much money they can give to a campaign. That should not, not ever have been allowed to exist in any country and in any political realm. Oh, I can't get I can't get it. Where he's uh, shaking his head, no. <laughs> he was like this, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's about the extent that he could uh, answer in, in a language that uh, doofus there would understand, right? Oh my goodness, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, I love it. I absolutely love that. Uh, here's another good one for you guys. I think that you'll like. There is President Bolsonaro. Uh, Now, here he is advertising hydroxychloroquine. (laughs) Oh, is that a double standard, Mr. C? Uh, uh, Boris can't push AstraZeneca, but uh, Bolsonaro can push hydroxychloroquine. Now, as it was stated before by Tucker Carlson, um, uh, President Bolsonaro has, uh, in fact, been inflicted with COVID-19 and he recovered. And uh, he used uh, hydroxychloroquine and um, other um, particulars to uh, help him beat that case. Now, this happened in July of 2020. Um, he had shared on his Facebook account that he had recovered from COVID-19. And he had posted this photo of himself with a box of hydroxychloroquine. In that post, he also criticized isolation and the lockdown measures during his speech saying they left a legacy of inflation, particularly in foodstuffs all over the world. So uh, that's a classic photo right there, right? There you go. I mean, uh, I guess, I guess that's, that's a, that's a comparative to president Trump uh, announcing hydroxychloroquine as being a possible cure or or at least a, a therapeutic. And then the press went wild. Um, but but uh, amongst all of this talk about COVID in the country and the vaccines and the media just bearing down on him, trying to formulate, uh, you know, a public opinion on this president. I mean, they have already projected he's lost. And they're still over a year away, uh, a year and a year and some, a few weeks away from their upcoming election. Uh, it's in t- 2022. Um, and, uh, they already said he's lost, like he's down in the polls, even though we saw for ourselves exactly how many Brazilians came out to support him. And that was just in three cities. All those masses of people came out, but amidst all of this that's happening, it seems that, um, uh, the Brazilian government is actually putting a halt to coronavirus vaccines for the youth because a minor has suffered, um, its mortality uh, has passed, has died after taking the COVID vaccine. Do I have an image for this? Ah, Australia. You are not coming up yet, Australia. This is the image I want, I think. I think this is who I want. This should be, if I'm not mistaken, that's not him. I don't think that's him. Where did it go? Where did it go? Okay, well, we'll, we'll, uh, let's see. We'll supplant it with, um, why don't we use... We'll just look at President Bolsonaro while I talk about this last bit here. <laughs> oh, the technicalities, having to get all my pictures together and in the right order. Okay, well, I think it was right here. Right here. Okay, perfect. Okay, you guys get a little preview. Uh, we're right around the corner to Australia. Okay, so um, um, with the um, Brazilian government, their uh, Ministry of Health Um, urged states across their country to stop administering the vaccines for the Chinese coronavirus, um, particularly to healthy adolescents between the age of 12 and 17 years old, um, because there is an ongoing investigation currently into the death of a teenager in Sao Paulo um, after she received the Pfizer coronavirus vaccine. In fact, the uh, health minister urged them uh, not to give out a second dose of the vaccine if the adolescent had received one dose and not to give them out at all, okay, if if possible. Uh, Marcelo Quiroga, who is the image that I was looking for right now, Marcelo Quiroga said Brazil's health ministry was awaiting the results of an ongoing investigation into the death of the 16-year-old female adolescent and uh, that happened on September 15th when she passed. Now, in um, interesting act of irony and perhaps a godsmack, during his visit in New York uh, as a delegation with Brazil to the United Nations, uh, Marcelo Kierga, again, he is Brazil's health minister, tested positive for COVID-19 while in New York. Um, and uh, the Brazilian government's communications office related to the public that Quiroga would remain in New York in quarantine until his health recovered. Brazil's health ministry told media outlets that Quiroga is doing well, adding that the rest of the delegation accompanying Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro to the United Nations General Assembly have tested negative for the virus. Quiroga told CNN Brazil that he was wearing a mask when he was in the United Nations building, attending the assembly. President Bolsonaro, the first world leader to speak at the General Assembly on Tuesday after Biden, because plainly, plainly Biden is not considered a world leader because they said he was the first. (laughs) Anyways, uh, said that he did not support the use of vaccine passports and asserted, that Brazil's efforts to vaccinate its citizens against the virus, the uh, Chinese communist virus, had been successful. In regards to the early treatments and the therapeutical treatments, the early treatment of COVID and the therapeutic use of hydroxychloroquine and how it is being discouraged by the media and by the media doctors and uh, politicians were at the top of this already, but in regards to that aspect of how hydroxychloroquine has been demonized throughout, President Bolsonaro said, we cannot understand why many countries together with a large portion of the media took a stance against early treatment measures, history and science will certainly be wise enough to hold everyone accountable. Them's is pretty tough words, President Bolsonetto, and I like it. All right, that's not the picture that we wanted next. We're looking for Australia. There we go. At least the flag of Australia. All right, guys. Let's jump into Australia and we will wrap up. Night Sea report. Now, I know you guys know what's going down in Australia, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about it. I mean, there's a whole bunch of different things and news items going on in Australia. For example, uh, we had a paramedic who is suspended from his practice, his job, uh, for taking this vaccine mandate that has been issued to them all in Australia to court. So he sues. Um, he sues, uh, he sues the government for this vaccine mandate and, uh, they suspend him. They, they basically, uh, put him out of work. That happened in New South Wales. Um, um, paramedic and, and this is the image. This is, Oh my God, Dryer, where did you come from? Okay. Um, this is the man. His name is, uh, John Larder. Uh, and he is not just a paramedic, but he's also the deputy mayor of Snow Valley's council in Snow Valley, in New South Wales, Australia. Um, He filed a lawsuit against the New South Wales state health minister, a man by the name of Brad Hazard. (laughs) I would not like wanting, I would not want a man with the name Hazard in charge of my health, right? Um, To challenge the public health order mandating health workers receive the first dose of the vaccine by September 30th and no later the second dose by November 30th. Now, a larder revealed that he was called to meet with paramedics council on September 17th, which was the same day that the judge first heard his lawsuit. And at that meeting, he was summarily placed on suspension. So he is being... he is being hey disco ball chaser you're the one that doesn't claim mexican <laughs> uh, sorry guys um so he was <laughs> he was uh he was summarily disciplined so he's uh he's suffering consequences ramific- uh, risk, risk, ramifications against him for uh for taking this move just just one piece right just one side story this is an interesting story uh this one has to do with a uh a business a sign signage and display business that put a sign up on their shop that said if you have received the COVID-19 vaccine, you will not enter. Of course, uh, the shop owner said that um, this was uh, not to be taken, it was, it was more in uh, satire, right? I guess so. I guess to kind of put the word out there. Uh, however, the shop owner did say that he wishes the people would start to wake up and that uh, what the government of Australia was doing was a crime against humanity. So put your money where your mouth is, sir. And uh, this story is also interesting on the... What the heck? Okay. This story... Yeah, this woman right here. This woman right here. Uh, let me tell you first about this other one before we get into this one right here. i will going expand it for you guys just so you can get a better picture of her jawline. Um, uh, New Zealand, they are tightening their terrorism laws. Okay. So, uh, uh, considering how much they've locked down in the country of Australia, sure, in certain, uh, states, uh, more than others, uh, they're looking at this. Now, this is a new law that they seem to be greenlighting through and through and quick as, uh, quick as lightning in the Australian parliament. And uh, that has to do with their terrorism laws, all stemming from a a knife or a scissor attack that took place in a shopping mall, a knife-wielding assailant wounded seven people in a supermarket. Now, the counterterrorism legislation bill passed its second reading in Parliament with the ruling Labour Party and the main opposition, the National Party, voting both in favor while smaller parties like the Greens opposed it. Now, the bill is an amendment to the 2002 Terrorism Suppression Act and other related laws um, will be enacted once it clears a third reading. The government said the legislation addresses a major gap in the law by criminalizing planning or preparation for a terrorist act. Enforcement agencies have long recommended the change The new law also gives police the ability to apply warrantless powers of entry, search, and surveillance to stop the planning and preparation of a terrorist act and criminalizes weapons training or combat training for terrorist purposes, guys. So that means you can't go to the gun range because you could be training for a terrorist attack if you are a patriot, okay? That's bad. Now... It it criminalizes preparation for a terrorist act, and they're against that. They want you to remove that so that even an act of passion can be considered a terrorist act. So that no longer do you have to plan and wheel and deal and take months and, uh, get funds to buy whatever you need to go and do what you're gonna do. You don't even need to have what? Like, uh, um, you don't even need to have any evidence, uh, to the, uh, to the fact that this was something that you'd been thinking about, uh, or even in relation to a political party. They want to remove that. Uh, Clause altogether. So, this way, any act that the Australian government deems a terrorist act can be called that without necessity of evidence and proof that it was pre planned or premeditated or part of the thought process of the individual. That's really bad, guys. Now, uh, of course, you know, it's also going to give the ability for the police to have warrantless powers. They don't need a warrant to enter, search, or surveil. So imagine how that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to affect all of the uh, um, all of the protesters, all of the Australians who are standing up against these vaccine mandates currently happening in Australia. Now, here on the screen with the uh, sharp jawline is uh, Lisa Neville. And uh, she is the uh, vice chairperson of the police minister, DIC chair minister, police minister. And uh, we're just going to hear a few words of what she had to say about these protesters, and we're going to move on. Let's see what she had to say, this woman.
2: So I'd like to just start with thanking Victoria police members, every single one of them who, over the last few days, have been out, Dealing with um, violence. America. Land of.
0: You could not hear a word I was saying, could you? Okay. (laughs) I was going on about. You're right, just V. That indeed could be Anne. <laughs> it certainly could be it certainly could
2: be uh, Behavior from a number of you know thugs, basically, thugs that um,
3: that have sought to um, cause harm cause injury to the community and cause injury to our police officers. And we've seen that. Um, We had three three injuries yesterday. That's on top of the injuries we've seen over the weekend and the day before. That's just unacceptable. Our police officers. To work, they should be able to feel safe in doing that work on behalf of of Victorians, and they've been doing a, an amazing job over the last two years, nearly two years now, in enforcing the Chief Health Officer directives, and that's what they've been.
0: Okay, so, so enough, guys. You hear right here, uh, she's calling or he's calling these protesters thugs, just thugs. That's what they are. That's what they do. Uh, I mean, I, I, she's. It is basically uh, equating what is uh, happening in Australia, where the people are just tired of it. They they have been locked down the longest of any nation in this planet on this planet. And indeed, I think uh, I think it was Melbourne has has uh, broken the world record for the longest quarantine. It's been over two hundred plus days that these guys have not been able to get back into life. But uh, she calls the protesters thugs, right? I cannot not stand this. She calls the protesters thugs. But here you have an elderly woman being double pepper sprayed after being knocked down by these police officer thugs. Now, we're not going to go into Antifa mode here at the C-Report, but... Cause you know, we back the blue here, but you know, this is not acceptable. And uh, what was it? I think it was on, um, I think it was on, on uh, Joe Patriot's uh, rapid fire the other night where we were going over some of this stuff. And uh, you know, it, it, it was like, he played a clip of a guy having a conversation with one of the officers that was actually willing to have a conversation, you know? And, and, and it was like, if this guy, could hear his own words, like replay it to him and listen to how ridiculous the rationale, his rationalizing of the entire, he was like, well, this is my job, man. And you know that that, especially for, um, you know, occurrences like this is definitely no excuse through and through. It's no excuse, ladies and gentlemen. Um, um, I mean, you know, uh, being a doctor, uh, losing your job because, uh, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna, you're not gonna, I mean, it's keeping your job, you're getting the vax because you're not gonna lose your job because you have a family, like, all of that's very understandable, but when, when it comes down to attacking and, and doing these types of things to citizens, that's kind of a big drawing line of point, okay? Now, uh, I'm going over what we see happening in Australia starting on Monday. So we've had we've had protests and rallies and masses before, at least two or three other times. But the latest protest that started in Australia happened not only because of the pressures that the Australians are facing from these COVID lockdowns, and also now the vaccine seen mandates that they will be required to have a vaccine passport and uh, and also not only in just the government sector but spreading throughout to actually maintain and keep your employment a lot of pressure is coming on Australians okay now this fresh round of protests which began on Monday and have continued through today and it looks like it's not going to stop, ladies and gentlemen. The words of the protesters are every day, every day, every day. This is not going to stop. Now, this, this freshest protest began um, when the construction workers, the construction workers of Australia were effectively canceled for two weeks by the Australian government. Now this is happening in uh, the Victorian, uh, uh, the state of Victoria in Melbourne is what we're watching right now, and this seems to be the hotbed for these protests at the moment. And like I said, it began because the uh, uh, the Victorian government announced on September 20th, Monday that uh, construction would shut down in metropolitan Melbourne and four other local government areas, which include City of Ballarat, the City of Greater Geelong, Surf Coast Shire, and Shire. And that lockdown would go for two weeks. Now, they said the reason why this was happening was because uh, of all of the continued uh, case numbers in Melbourne, the transmission risk was coming the most from the construction workers, and I guess that's because, as you can see, they are not supportive of mandatory vaccinations. Now, uh, you might be able to, uh, see in this aerial shot uh, some people, and this is not the. This is just a piece of it, guys. This isn't even all of it. This was on Monday, um, and this is not all of it. The ones who have the high, um, it's called uh, what do you call it? Uh, high visual gear. You see the orange yellow. That would be representation of the construction workers, and I'm sure that there are some construction workers in non high res gear. But that's a piece of it, you know, and that's kind of also where a lot of the spin is starting to come out of these protests, and we're going to get to the spin in just a sec. Um, so now uh, the uh, pro, the uh, the um, construction construction workers, guys, they were a little more than miffed about the entire ordeal and having to lose work because of these mandates, okay, Um, and uh, we'll go to the next clip for that, so you guys can see for yourself how it started, in case you hadn't, um, my computer there we go my computer is running off less low uh let's take a look at this clip now this was on monday on day one this is where it started this was the uh epic center epicenter of the uh the newest um um newest range of australian protests uh so let's put that up for you guys real quick Okay, so there, and uh, that was where that started. Now, that's what you saw there, ladies and gentlemen. That was the uh, construction workers um, gathered at the um, union. It was the union headquarters for the CFMMEU, uh, which is the largest uh, construction workers union in uh in uh, melbourne and uh that was in the melbourne um central business district uh that we saw that happening now um that that i said that was on monday and that's where it started and um you know obviously you had the police out there you had raging construction workers they were not going to have it uh but after that it was estimated that the crowds swelled to thousands in the time between that Monday and yesterday, Tuesday, um, because it started to, uh, it 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 progressed very much so, um, very much so. Uh, let's take a real quick at, We're going to take a look at this report because this is where we start to see the media media spin. Who is actually causing these protests? Okay. And you guys are going to be very familiar with some of the key phrases that they use, right? Wing extremists, racists. They're the ones who are out in the streets. They're the thugs, not the police officers who take out an elderly woman and spray her in the face twice, double time uh, with, uh, you know, that's just, I I cannot take stuff like that, guys. But um, anyhow... uh, well, we'll get this going for you guys. We're going to watch two news reports, uh, not all the way through on, on uh, one of them, I think, but just so you guys can get an idea of how they are feeding this to the Australian public and then also to the world by virtue of that.
2: I think what they're doing is great. They're standing right. Everybody,
8: everybody.
3: Facts are this. They do not represent all the union members. It's them against
8: Melbourne's
9: streets have become a battleground of COVID ideologies. The catalyst for the protests, which started yesterday, was a decision by the state government to mandate COVID vaccinations
6: for construction workers. The construction industry must take this opportunity to reset and restart the industry. We cannot simply go back to the way things were being conducted broad scale non-compliance across the industry that was constituting uh, a threat to public health in the most dramatic of terms.
9: In response to the protest, the government stood down thousands of construction workers across Melbourne and parts of regional Victoria overnight, unable to work for two weeks. The divisive decision is the latest attempt to curb growing COVID case numbers in the industry.
6: We put uh, the industry on notice, you'll recall, a week ago that um, we needed to see a substantial improvement. Since then, we've seen uh, poor compliance and further transmission sites being identified. Uh, And that just cannot continue.
4: Compliance has uh, been a a very small issue. Most most sites are pretty compliant.
9: Health authorities said half of the construction sites it inspected failed to meet COVID safety requirements. Out of 6,000 active COVID cases across Victoria, 337 are linked to building sites. While the CFMEU encourages its members to get vaccinated, it doesn't want to see jabs become mandatory.
4: I've said all along. Our union, our building industry group of unions, has said all along we do not support mandatory vaccinations. We support people's choice.
9: Union secretary John setker claims the violence isn't coming from his members and blames so-called professional protesters.
4: There was a small contingent of our members there, uh, but the vast majority of them were like people I don't know, like from neo-nazis to all these extreme, just professional protesters. <laughs>
9: but there's now a public debate about the extent these protests are driven by union members or anti-lockdown activists.
8: Anyone who looks at the footage can see there's not a Nazi symbol anywhere in that crowd.
1: I've seen on, like, um, right-wing groups. They're moving this. I'm a tradie. I'm fully vaccinated. To me, they just come across as just uneducated and just scared. They're idiots. Sorry.
8: It would be silly to try to paint all protesters as far right. There are obviously people out there in the community who are upset about this, who may be attempting to express their views through protest. whether or not that's right or wrong, particularly in lockdown.
5: Whoa.
9: Police cars were attacked in the city. Oh,
5: shit at the
9: then, in the afternoon, protesters surprise police by leaving the city and storming one of Melbourne's busiest roads, blocking traffic for hours on the Westgate freeway.
8: I would say there would be a, a very small percentage of union members out there today. There are 300,000 construction workers just in Victoria. That is such a small percentage of that industry. Union people don't have brand-new, shiny high-vis. They have well-worn uniforms. And mostly on those material, what you'll see is union logos. You saw very little of that today. This is about an anti-vaccination process. And the demands were of anti-vaxxers vax- as well. They weren't union-type demands.
9: Those who study far-right groups believe they're using anti-lockdown and restriction sentiment to boost their numbers.
8: The far-right are attempting to mobilise, they're attempting to recruit, and they're attempting to grow. There's been an historical animosity uh, directed towards trade unions um, by the far-right throughout history. And so... Uh, by showing up at a CFMEU uh, protest and and attempting to claim that they're representing the workers, this is an attempt to mobilise amongst a group of people they might otherwise not be able to reach.
9: Researcher Joshua Roos says the lockdowns go on the more these groups are likely to grow.
8: COVID, if anything, has acted uh, to to break down, I suppose, bonds of trust with government and authority. Um, We've been now in lockdown, almost the world's longest lockdown here in Melbourne. And, and so over time, people lose uh, lose trust, people lose their jobs. There's a, a stronger sense of um, anxiety and alienation in the wider population. What that offers for the far right is pretty much the perfect precondition for them approaching with a different narrative, saying, well, government's not working for you.
5: Their goal would be to
3: sort of have some influence in ending lockdowns. But I think these far right groups are not simply concerned with COVID, they have a wider agenda going on. You have misogynist, white supremacist ideas that are at the core of this. It has traditional ideas of, you know, uh, society. It wants to sort of restore, you know, in some senses, white pride.
8: I've been blown away at the amount of support that we've had uh, for vaccinations. We've only really had pushback from one or two contractors regarding this majority of them have already been fully vaccinated or at least one dose.
9: Mark Little owns a small construction company in Geelong. He isn't a member of the CFMEU, but due to the industry shutdown, they now can't go to work.
8: I'd think that we'd be delayed by at least three to four weeks um, and it'd have to cost our small business at, at least thirty to $35,000.
9: Rebecca Casson is the CEO of Master Builders Victoria. It supports the vaccine mandate and says small businesses like Mark's are the victims of these protests.
2: We
3: absolutely condemn the actions of those rioters. They do not represent our industry and nor do they speak for our workforce. And Everyone needs to be clear that for them to come back onto a building and construction site, they must have had the first vaccination or be able to provide proof that they've booked that first vaccination.
8: Victoria, we've been doing this now for 78 weeks. We're, we're trying to find some sort of hope and, and, and hang on to that hope because, you know, everyone's past breaking point.
9: Protesters stayed in the city well into the evening with concerns there could be more unrest in the days ahead.
8: Our primary focus is the safety of the public. It has been all day and we'll continue to try and stop this protest. We will stop this protest and we will then step back and investigate and hold those to account who need to be held to account.
0: Crazy, right? Could we not have figured that that angle would have come? And that's why I'm saying, guys, when it comes to um, looking at international news and trying to figure out who's on, unless it's someone on. Obvious, like a crown colony. Those are the catchphrases you will read in their journals, in their on their headlines, in their reporters, in their reports. All of this, uh, you know, um, uh, white uh, white supremacy, misogyny, uh, right wing extremism, and that's what this is being touted as of right now in Australia to probably get ahead of the curve of uh, what the world is thinking while they're watching all of these uh, shenanigans take place. Now, we're going to watch just a few minutes of this one, not the entire uh, report, uh, because I think there's something interesting that comes out here where the reporter has a bit of a revelation, uh, a realization about the way uh, public perception has on the media.
2: on edge police vowing a tougher
3: crackdown on any further protests after violence brought the city to a standstill yesterday let's take you through a day of the chaos at 10 a.m thousands of protesters converged at the construction union headquarters blockading an intersection unfazed by a wall of riot police the crowd grew in numbers then storming the cbd marching on state parliament as midday approached, and throwing flares and projectiles, anything they could get their hands on. As the afternoon began, even more violence, protesters using their steel-capped boots to turn on police cars. Then, at 3pm, hijacking the Westgate Bridge, climbing onto cars and trucks, terrifying drivers and bringing Victoria's busiest freeway to an absolute standstill.
9: Look those shots right there. Today, Melbourne reporter Christina Hearn is outside the CFMEU headquarters again for us this morning. Chris, what's happening there right now?
3: Well, Carl, it's all quiet uh, here at the moment, but this is exactly what we saw yesterday. Really, things didn't start to happen till about 9.30 uh, before it really started to build at 10am. And again, a protest has been planned uh, for 10am right here outside CFMEU headquarters. We did see them gathering uh, just a bit down Elizabeth Street uh, outside uh, the Victoria market. But we have heard from Victoria police just a short time ago, and they certainly are changing their tactics. They did describe it as a dark day in Melbourne yesterday, admitting that the protest did take them by surprise in the size and the length it went for. Ten hours, these protesters uh, conducted a rampage through the city streets, which of course did all culminate on uh, by stopping traffic on, West, on the Westgate Bridge, terrorising motorists. Of course, the, uh, the construction workers that we spoke to yesterday were furious at the Victorian government's decision to mandate vaccinations and then, of course, the snap decision by the government to shut down the construction industry for two weeks. But here's Deputy Police Commissioner Rick Nugent speaking on Today on Nine.
6: One thing's for certain, we'll be less tolerant today than we were yesterday. We are better prepared and we'll do what we need to do.
3: So it certainly seems by uh, hearing from the Deputy Commission there, Commissioner there that police will be using more force today. There were 62 arrests that were made yesterday and three police on, if officers injured. Uh, but police will certainly be going through that vision and arresting more people.
7: Chris, how did you feel yesterday amongst it all?
3: threatened, Carl, in a word, right from the get-go. We, of course, tried to speak to the protesters to get their point of view across, uh, but we were shouted at. We were intimidated. Now, in a protest, it's not unusual for things to get quite heated, but something I have never experienced before in my career is the hostility targeted directly towards the media. There were two targets yesterday. One was the police, and the second were the media. It culminated for us yesterday when uh, the protests Protesters did make their way back here to Elizabeth Street after they marched through the city streets. Uh, We were cornered. Uh, We were. My cameraman was physically threatened. We tried to leave, and one protester told us, "You are not going anywhere uh, till I'm finished with you." We did manage uh, to get away. So that kind of hostility I have never seen towards the media on Melbourne's. The way
0: they came yesterday and tried to ah, poor baby. Why on earth would the protesters go after the media who either blindly uh, uh, carry out the narrative that they're told to or do so willingly, right? Or do so willingly. Um, So uh, that, ladies and gentlemen, was day one and day two of the uh, Melbourne protests there. Uh, Could you say construction workers do it right? I mean, you could say that since they're the ones who started this, but a fact it is uh, an entire it was an entire <laughs> shush, it was an entire um entire it's the people coming out like they're coming out and these are not right-wing extremists these are not fascists these are people who are just sick and tired of what the state of their uh, city is their country you know um not just their city but uh, i was gonna play two more clips of uh, some of the goings-ons that were happening Happening there in um, Australia, um, you know, it is important to note that again, obviously, uh, the situation in Australia and Melbourne specifically, um, uh, it, it uh, escalated quite a bit. Uh, it, in fact, it pretty much plunged into chaos. This next clip I'm going to share with you guys is definitely evidence of that, and it was all about the anti-lockdown protesters clashing with riot police, okay? And then also, um, as it was pointed out in, uh, as it was pointed out in one of the reports, um, the evidence that they were citing that this was not about the construction workers is that the demands that these protesters were making had nothing to do with unions or construction or work. Uh, the demands that they released uh, included an end to lockdowns, an end to emergency government powers, Mask and vaccine mandates, as well as the removal of the vaccine passports. A much bigger story there than just the union workers uh, protesting, right? Um, the group also called for the leaders of Victoria's virus response team to resign. The prosecution of police officers who attacked peaceful protesters. And the article I got this from said peaceful protesters and also, uh, for the reopening of construction sites. Okay. Uh Now, this footage here, guys, makes me think about the French Revolution, you know, it makes me think about when the people who have no way of defending themselves, they have no rights to bear arms. Uh, and now, as you can see, because of this uh, knife wielding uh, terrorist attack that took place in a supermarket, uh, you know, they will soon lose all of, their, um, all of their due process rights. You know, this reminds me of what it might look like. And I say it reminds me as if though it were from a past life. But this reminds me of what it might look like when the people have had enough. And there are so many of them out there who are awake and at their ends meet. That the police cannot do anything about it other than to run away from the situation. Wow!
2: Fuck! They throw shit at the coppers. Look at
6: that! Look at that! They throw shit at the coppers.
5: Get him! the hell man? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa! 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 whoa. whoa.
0: So of course there, the cups had to turn and hightail it. Ooh, I got tingly watching that. Um, I got tingly watching that uh, rising patriot. Seventeen seventy six says we are witnessing the taking out of the false prophets. I uh, who I got a tingle reading that one too. Um, but yeah, so uh, that was, uh, you, you guys might have seen that before, but I thought that was worth sharing again. Uh, the last clip I'm going to show you is uh, utter chaos. Like we've been saying utter chaos. Um, this footage takes you directly inside of everything that was going on. You guys remember that one clip uh, that was, uh, it's made its rounds um, about, um it's made its rounds uh, when the Australians broke through that police line. Well, this is the whole story. Like it's from beginning to end that one uh, graphic. And if you're paying attention during that running of the police line, it's like a, it's, it was like the running of the bulls. Literally, you'll see it. That's also where that elderly lady gets knocked down and sprayed in the face. All of that's in this clip here. And it comes from um, it comes from a professional media photographer Who was on the ground when this was happening? uh, You'll also see some instances of that as well. Um, Just play this one real quick and then we're gonna wrap it up, guys.
10: that 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 that
5: All right.
6: I've got your police pass.
0: All righty folks. So that was pretty intense. That was like on the ground while it was occurring in action um, from working media, right? From the working media. Now, uh, the last thing I have to say about uh, tonight and Australia, in addition to, again, we were in the third day as of today uh, for these uh, protests. Um, Uh, is that uh, that, uh, there's something else a little bit fishy coming out about this now. Now, of course, we have all of the media spinning. All of the media is spinning uh, that these protests are coming from far-right activists, uh, right-wing extremists, uh, racists, Nazis, one of them even said. But now in addition to that, ladies and gentlemen, a new rule has been introduced as of today in Australia. And this rule will compel Australia media outlets to delay publishing any aerial video footage of the protests happening in Melbourne. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, they will not be permitted to publish or air any of the protests from Melbourne on the news. Kind of makes you wonder why that is, right? The uh, Civil Aviation Safety Authority, at the request of the Victoria Police, have temporarily banned media helicopters from flying over Melbourne to cover the protests. And uh, this came following the backlash on social media by several media members over the no-fly zones, um, and that ban had been rescinded. Now, temporarily restrictions from the CASA remain in Melbourne's airspace whereby media outlets will have to apply for approval from Victoria police to operate their aircraft overseas, I mean over the area. Um, In regards to this, a spokeswoman for the CASA said media outlets will also be required to delay publishing any live stream footage from the air by 60 minutes or at the conclusion of the operation. This is because protesters were actively monitoring aerial live streams, compromising the police operation and putting the safety of members at risk. This shall remain effective until Sunday." So, um, I mean, that is a good reason. However, um, as long as it is not uh, through and through and throughout, Um, I I think it could be safe, but that is still in itself a slight form of censorship. Uh, But we will see where that goes, ladies and gentlemen, as far as that is concerned. All right. We made it through the C report just about in the nick of time for some of you guys. Uh, But I do thank you all for tuning in to uh, tonight's broadcast. I hope you guys enjoyed a little bit of that uh, international news. Now for a fact, there was a lot more international news out there, but, uh, we had to focus on those stories for tonight, um, just uh, uh, aside from them being a great important, pardon me, great uh, great points as well, and also uh, things that I feel like uh, are, are uh, necessary to know. But uh, thank you all again for tuning in tonight to the Sea Report and uh, our international news edition. We'll be back with news of the Americas at this America First news show. And uh, we are more than happy and proud to bring it to you. Till then, ladies and gentlemen, do have a great night. Be safe, be blessed, and as always, God bless America.